I am Vinky and this is the Working Athlete Podcast. Here, I talk to working athletes from all walks of life and experts from various sports to provide you with inspiration, training tips, time management and lifestyle advice. If this is something that interests you, please make sure you subscribe to the channel so that you don't miss any future episodes. Today's guest, John K. Sunny, is a cyclist from Kerala who burst into cycling scene with a bang. Barely one year into competitive cycling, he made winning almost a habit. In this episode, we talk about his sports background growing up and how he got into cycling. We talk in detail about his beginnings and how he ended up representing Kerala at the Nationals within a few months of starting cycling. He shares the various mistakes he made in his earlier races and what all he learned by taking part in as many races as he can. It was a super fun conversation with a very interesting youngster. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. But first, this episode is brought to you by findbetter.ai. Findbetter is a social networking app for cycling and running enthusiasts to discover and shop together. Just like you post your rides or runs on Strava, you can post about your cycling or running related products on Findbetter like reviews, stuff you are looking for, accessories you have for sale, etc. so that you and others benefit from your experience. For a cycling enthusiast like me, it is a treasure trove to find all sorts of bikes and accessories both used and brand new. It is completely free to use and is available both on Google Play and the App Store. I am there on the app as Bikey Winky. You can follow me there to see what I am posting there. This episode is brought to you by The Bike Affair. If you are in search of a one-stop destination that caters to all your cycling needs, our today's sponsor, The Bike Affair, is the perfect place to check out. I have known the founders of The Bike Affair Krish and Gokul personally for nearly 15 years now. In fact, my first century ride was with Krish back in 2008. They are both exceptional human beings and entrepreneurs that believe in providing exceptional service to their customers. And it shows. With over 14 years of experience, the Bike Affair has established itself as a trusted source offering honest advice and exceptional service. They are offering a special treat for the listeners of this podcast. You can enjoy a 10% discount on your first order by using the code BIKEYWINKY on their website. So if you are in Hyderabad, visit their door in Kondapur. Or if you are anywhere else in India, shop online by using the link thebikeaffair.com. I will leave the link in the show notes. Now, enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the Working Earlier Podcast, Sunny. Hi, Vinky. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me. So... Uh, I didn't think I was like established enough in the scene to be on Venki's radar, but <laughs> here we are. I think I have a pretty interesting story. So, yeah, good. Th- thank you. I, Honored I, to be here. Yeah, I'm. I'm very curious to um, hear uh, about uh, your story and share it with um, others. So, let us start by talking about um, you know what is your relationship with sport growing up? Okay. So, uh, in that respect, so I, I find that some people, uh, so I started in cycling pretty late. Mm. So, it's only been a little over a year since I started like competitive cycling. But, 
compared to uh, so I I've watched your, a lot of your other podcasts. So compared to people like Naveen Jain or Joel, who've had periods of their life where they were completely sedentary, they were not doing any sport, so they let themselves go a little bit. I've not really had a phase like that. I've always been active in some sport or the other, uh, not necessarily at a high level. Uh, so in school, I used to play football mostly. Uh, so up until tenth grade, I used to play football. and i also used to run middle distance so that was something i started a little late maybe 9th or 10th standard i started middle distance running so and i was like mildly successful in that 1500 meters 3000 meters those were my two favorite events 3000 meters i've won a couple school level uh nice races and then uh yeah in 11th standard i really got into basketball so i hit a slight growth spurt i gained a couple inches uh but that was not the reason i got into basketball the ba- reason i got into basketball is a lot more funny and a lot more petty The reason I got into basketball was because I didn't make the cut for the football team, so I got into <laughs> basketball. Okay. Uh, kind of for the spite of it, I got into basketball, and then I found that I was a lot better at basketball than I was at football. Uh, so, and I was a little physical. I was a, I mean, I was not the tallest guy. I mean, I was around five eleven at that point, five eleven, five ten point five. So I was fairly tall, but and I, I could get pretty physical. And for my size, I was pretty strong as well. What What is your height now? Right now it's about five eleven point five. I didn't grow much after that. Right. My target was always to get to six four, but then <laughs> it's God decided. Yeah, <laughs> it is so, enough. So right. uh, the growth spurt that I hit was pretty sudden. So from like I, I was always like a short to medium height guy all throughout school, and suddenly in eleventh standard I just started shooting up. So I extrapolated that curve, and I figured I might get to like something like six two, six three. But then I just stopped at five eleven point five. I stopped. Not even, not even six genetics, right? God didn't have the dignity to give me six even. <laughs> so one eighty two centimeters. That's what I like constantly say. What my height is. Hmm. On Tinder, I might put it as six feet, but one eighty two. Yeah. Uh, and that was good enough to play basketball at the level I was playing it at. And school, I was. Again, I was like a newbie in basketball. So the thing about basketball is it's very skill based, right? So the guys who start young, they have an advantage in things like dribbling. It's very skill based. I was never that good of a dribbler, but uh, I got slightly better at it. And I was not that good of a shooter, but I could like drive in. And I played fortify most of the time, and sometimes I played post as well. So that's my and. So that was in school. I picked up basketball towards the end of school, and in college, basketball was my life. So the four years of college, uh, so I played for co- college and into college events, uh, and that was in NIT Calcutta. We would we would had this thing called inter NIT, and there was also one guy from school. So he was like a national level basketball player. So he came into my college. He was one year junior to me. Uh, his name is Moin Saber. <laughs> so yeah, shout out to Moin. <laughs> I so I played with him in college as well. and then yeah college basketball basketball was the life uh so that's my relationship with sport there and all throughout my life i've also played badminton recreationally mm-hmm. and running i did a little bit of it in college but not as much as i did in school or like a few college level events i did uh yeah and then cycling is more of a recent phenomenon cycling i've done all through my life for commuting and mm-hmm. utilitarian purposes but as a sport and competitive cycling it's a little over a year that i started it It's unbelievable that it has just been a year that you started cycling. Yeah, <laughs> it, it gets a little more and more believable as time goes on, and now it's one year. So in the in the beginning, it was like three months since I started cycling, and I was still beating a lot of guys who've been doing it for years. It was really unbelievable. I was getting a little more believable. <laughs> right. How 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 did you get into cycling? What what's the story behind that? 
competitive cycling yeah, competitive right competitive cycling yeah competitive cycling so i uh, i had when i first moved to bangalore after my college that was in 2018 i moved to bangalore for my first job uh, so pre covid times a little different so uh, yeah bangalore had a reputation for being traffic heavy so i figured that if i get a two wheeler motorcycle or if i get a bicycle i'm just going to get to the places the same at the same rate so i got a basic riverside 50 from decathlon that was the first thing i did after coming to bangalore i think in the next two or three days i got my first bicycle i mean first bicycle in bangalore hmm. it's a riverside 50 it's a single speed it's the basic it's not the very basic beat what's the basic bike called my bike it's not the my bike it's a uh, one notch above that but it's still the most basic riverside you can right. get yeah. it's a hybrid and it's pretty utilitarian and it's also pretty like I'll still use it hmm. so around my hometown if i need to go to shop or something it's the bike that i still use i still have it at home so i got that and i used to go everywhere on that so i had a couple of relatives here i had a couple of friends here whenever i needed to go somewhere i'd just take that so 20 30 40 kilometers was a comfortable distance for me during weekends i'd do something like 30 and i didn't do i didn't just ride to ride i would never ride to ride i would only ride to go somewhere so that's how i got uh, got started in cycling and then one, uh, right before covid hit now i moved back to kochi i took my cycle with me and occasionally i do this long ride so long ride for me back then was maybe around 70 75 kilometers and i'd be done after that so mm. uh, i this uh, this uncle and aunt of mine that lives in the adjacent district called trishur uh, i live in kochi ernakulam so it's about a 75 kilometer trip i'd go there and stay there stay the night there and then i return the next day mm. so that was a long ride for me and Uh, during that time i felt a little limited by my bike so i know that if i i have bigger gears so this has a pretty small gear i think it's some something like 40 14 or something mm. it's a pretty small gear to push so i just spin out at like 30 kmph i just spin out i cannot pedal on descents and i cannot just really go fast on flats and i knew that i had more in the tank i i knew that i could go faster May, maybe uh, i didn't know for sure but i i knew that i was not just using my body to its full potential on that bike and i couldn't either so uh towards december 2021 i decided to just make a jump for it and try to get a road bike so i had an option i could, i wanted to get a new bike i could either get a higher and hybrid bike with gears or i could get a road bike and uh, quite a lot of people tried to discourage me from a road bike and even i had my inhibitions because ro- road bike what i instantly see about road bikes and i was not uh, familiar with the road bike world at that point i see these narrow tires So I feel like the first pothole I hit I'm going to get a puncture <laughs> right. or I'm going to bend a spoke or I'm going to I felt like these things were really delicate that's the impression I had about road bikes so I had my inhibition about getting a road bike but I, but I eventually just made the plunge that's the uh, you know view that all you know most of the people who actually see the bike and haven't experienced will will get you yeah. know how but I, i think the reality i've learned is that road bikes can take a lot more for pounding than a regular hybrid correct <laughs> because i i guess because it's the higher high quality parts used and high quality materials used hmm. i i put my bike through shit, i mean a lot of hell but then they've held up yeah uh, to the test of time and i am also like fairly good with maintaining my bike hmm Uh, Joel would tend to disagree. <laughs> he thinks I'm shit at maintaining my bike, but <laughs> he he gives me an earful every time he sees my bike, and he has like ten, twenty different things to say about my bike, about how I'm just ruining it. But I think I'm fairly good at it, <laughs> personally. Uh, so where were we? About the yeah, the first road bike, right? right. So I uh, that was a uh, the the basic tri uh triban triban hundred RC mm-hmm. from Decathlon, the drop bar version, and I found that I was immediately pretty fast at it. So that also didn't have the normal gearing that road bikes have. That it had a one cr- one bike crank. It had a 44 at the front. Oh. And then I think it went down to like a 13 or a 12 at the back. It's still not a big gear to push on the flats. Right. 
I was still limited gear wise a little bit, but I found out that I was instantly a lot faster on that. And like, um, so I think the week that I bought the trial band, I decided to do like a long ride. I wanted to do a hundred k. I I don't think I have I uh, had ever done a hundred k until that point. The seventy eighty k was my longest ride up yeah. till then. So one late night, it's it's like two a.m. or something. I have work the next day. I just decided to go. I took my I put my like lights on the bike. Uh, tail light, front light. I I safety first, and then <laughs> I just went on the highway. So this was my main intention. I wanted to go fast on the highways. That's that's what I bought the road bike for because uh, at that point I'm still thinking bad roads. Road bike is gonna get trashed. So I I wanted to ride fast on the highways and for everything else I just still use the hybrid. So I went on the highway. Uh, I think I I had this Instagram story and all. Uh, I I I do a lot of Instagram stories. But <laughs> anyone who's been on my Instagram knows I post like ten stories a day. Back then it was probably like two stories a day. But <laughs> yeah, I've, I've always done a lot of stories. So I had the story post asking people how fast do you think I would go on this ride? It's a hundred k. So it's a, it's a longer ride than I've ever done. So I had these three buckets. I uh, I think the first bucket was twenty seven k. The next one was thirty k. The next one was thirty three k. So I thought I personally I thought I'd do somewhere around thirty kmph, but I did uh thirty three kmph, thirty three point three three kmph. I did so the first uh yeah the first k on yeah the I, I did one break in the middle uh fifty mm. k I stopped for like two three minutes to get a swig of water and all, mm. but the first uh hundred k I did was sub three hour, so I've, nice. I had the legs for it. Nice. <laughs> so that was my start and yeah then uh once I figured I uh, had the legs for it so. Uh, the first month or a month and a half, I was just riding alone, riding on the highway alone, riding the surroundings like the uh, neighborhood alone. Then I found out there was this uh, cycling community in Kochi, so I reached out to them, and they they took me in. They uh, uh they they said that I can ride with them, so it was called C three C three racing, and then I started riding with them regularly, and then uh, I took a uh like for three four months I took coaching from the C three's leader who is called Salvin. So yeah, that's how I got into like structure training. Solvent Tom. Solvent Tom, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, how do you know him? Yeah, I mean, I'm. Yeah, he, he's pretty established in the scene. Yeah, I think he's also raced in Bangalore. Yeah, he used to come for yeah, races yeah. here. He says I don't think he races that much. He's mm-hmm. more into coaching and mentoring and all. Right. But yeah, uh, back in the day. Back in the day, yeah, he used to <laughs> race quite a bit. Yeah. So you were uh, racing. I mean, riding uh, with uh, C three. Yep. So how how was your um, how did your uh, riding change from that point of time? So the immediately the first thing I realized about cyclists when I got into C three was most cyclists are snobs. <laughs> snobs, <laughs> okay. They judge you for everything. They judge you for the kit. They judge you for the. So the first time I went with the for a ride with C three, I was wearing uh, regular shorts. I was wearing obviously not cleats. I I hadn't bought cleats at that point. I was wearing shirt. I mean, a t-shirt, and I had a shoulder bag on. Oh, <laughs> that I mean, to be to be honest, that's how uh, most of us start. You know, yeah. I I just uh, posted an um, you know, a uh, picture uh, on Instagram. Uh, you know, uh, last week, where uh, I was in two thousand eight. I was uh, on my track pants, a t-shirt. Um, by that time, actually, by the time that picture was taken. I didn't have the you know backpack with the water bottle. I, I that phase was also there, huh. you know, and pretty uh, you know 
like maybe 500 rupee helmet or yeah, whatever yeah. you, you have to let people go through the phases <laughs> don't be judgy <laughs> yeah. let the people who are starting off do their thing and progress <laughs> yeah. let them take their time don't don't try to like clad them in lycra the first time <laughs> they are on a bike this like this steps to this and then yeah the first 100k i did the, uh, then also i had the shoulder bag and all i was doing that with the shoulder bag <laughs> Yeah yeah I mean my my first 100k was like that I had um, um, you know a backpack with a water bottle on the side yeah. that, that office bag so guys you know and uh, I I I think I had a dozen bananas or something inside and all that So this this I like really vividly remember the fuel I had for the 100k I did was uh, this thing called sting This is a ring. Oh ah, yeah. Thing, yeah. Right? What, my my son's favorite drink I guess. <laughs> really? I, I don't think children should be drinking that really? drink. I mean my yeah, the elder one is uh, still I actually discourage him because it has ton of uh, taurine and uh, caffeine. Caffeine. Yeah, it's very strong in caffeine. Yeah. And I'm I'm not a person who drinks a lot of coffee. So mm. I I'm not desensitized to caffeine like a lot of these other coffee heads are. Mm. So the first ride I did I, I had a an impression that caffeine might caffeine might be good for performance and this was like late in the night right so i didn't want to fall asleep on the bike so i i don't think i would fall asleep on the bike but i just didn't want to take a chance so mm. i took this i had two bottles of sting in my bag that's what i fueled with at 50 kilometers and 50 kilometers i drank uh, i think i drank the first one before the ride and the second one at 50 kilometers and i was just hyper throughout the ride and the next day i could not even sleep in the night even the next day one entire night i went sleepless yeah. due to this yeah <laughs> that's how strong it was so yeah yeah if you are I, i'm not sure if sting should be legal <laughs> yeah. everyone's watching it from the government <laughs> i mean yeah that that's why i mean, I, why, i heard of it for the first time from my uh, you know elder son and mm. he was like hey we we had this thing and why are you even drinking it it has like a ton of uh, caffeine and taurine yeah. and all that you know no we went to play uh, football and uh, there we had with it's all the dirt cheap it's yeah. like 20 or 30 bucks for yeah. the small bottle right and compared to red bull or something like that mm. i think it's way stronger than red bull and it's also like a lot cheaper <laughs> it's, it's basically jet fuel for your body right <laughs> Okay so uh we were talking about your riding and yeah. you know people judging you there yeah. and that right so yeah judgy people uh, <laughs> were everywhere but there was also there were also like a consider, uh, considered people mm-hmm. everywhere mm-hmm. so i i take everyone's viewpoints i mm-hmm. can see how these uh judgy people are coming from mm-hmm. i i can see where they are coming from i can see what the considered people are coming from so i mean slowly but steadily i started moving to the dark side i started <laughs> but like piece by piece i started getting into bits and pieces of lycra and then yeah the first thing that had to come off was the stand right i was adamant about keeping the stand on the road oh, bike on the road bike on the road bike okay, yeah nice for the first 3 4 months i i would everybody would judge me for the road bike every person i meet every road cyclist i meet would ask me to get rid of it i would just keep it on <laughs> <laughs> just to piss them off i would keep it on and i would still still move their ass on right <laughs> of course Uh the thing is I felt like it was a very convenient thing to have otherwise you would have to lean your bike everywhere mm. and the, another thing is on Kochi it's all flat and even the highways that I ride on it's all flat uh so I have a basic understanding I mean I have a pretty good understanding of physics I was like an engineering student mm. so I realized that the stand is not going to make that much of a difference on flat roads mm. as it it might make a good difference on climbs it's maybe like 2 uh, no 300 400 grams that particular stand but i kept it on for the flats because I, i so everybody would be leaning their bike everywhere all over the walls 
like much to the disdain of all the shopkeepers they they just lean it against their shops and the posts and all and i just keep it on the stand <laughs> far removed from everyone showing off my, my, yeah my yeah showing off my tri-van 100rc that can stand on its own legs unlike your stupid bikes <laughs> yeah that needs to lean on somebody <laughs> crazy so um how 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 was the riding uh, during that time for you so i think i made a lot of uh, improvements in fitness during that time the first 3 4 months i didn't have any metrics to go by so i i don't know the numbers per se but i i can i could feel that uh, maybe so the 33 km kmph ride that i did was a relatively flat ride it was a pretty hard ride for me so uh, at that point uh, towards the end of the ride i almost bonked so i remember this point uh, on the ride there was this uh, slight flyover so these are like pretty shallow flyovers like 2% 2.5% that's the right. sharpest it gets to mm. and i still found those climbs a little hard i was a little heavier at that time uh, i wouldn't say uh, fat or anything i was just a little more built around 77 78 kilos mm. uh, which is okay for my height but not to be like competitive in the cycling uh, yeah competitive level at cycling so 78 uh, i was happy with my weight but then i found it hard on the climbs i didn't expect climbs to be so hard and these are like pretty shallow climbs and at one flyover at one point i st- like started fading a little bit i i could feel that my eyes were like blurring out a little bit and i almost went over the side <laughs> so but then i gained uh, regained control of my senses and just uh, soldiered on after that but from there uh, in just like one or one and a half months of riding regularly and riding hard um I was like easily doing like 35 kmph steady 34 kmph steady that that was that was like a comfortable pace for me mm-hmm. after that so I made big gains during that time but I don't have the numbers to show for it because I didn't have a power meter I didn't even have a heart rate monitor I think I got uh, I used to track my rides initially on my phone I think that's how everybody starts start the Strava on my Correct. phone yeah. so a uh, Strava I had been using even before I started cycling mm. oh yeah there's a little bit of a part that I forgot so I didn't have time for it yeah of course okay we have all the time <laughs> okay <laughs> So before I got into this road biking phase, right? Uh, so COVID had obviously struck. Uh, so during COVID, I was stuck at home. This is a road nearby my home. It's a ra- uh, it's a rail yard, and there's a, a road adjacent to it, a parallel to it. It's a an exact one kilometer stretch of just a uh, straight road, and it's it's straight. It's completely straight, hmm. parallel to the railway tracks. Uh, I used to go on walks there, and I used to also run there. So. I I wanted to like get better at running again. I was not as good of a runner at that point as I was in school and all because of the gap. Yeah, yeah because of the gap. I was not regularly training for running or anything. Mm-hmm. And then my focus was com- on completely different at that point. I was uh, this this whole other rap story. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. anyway, I I just wanted to get fitter and running wouldn't even take that much time, right? So I just wanted to uh, get a little fitter and I I picked up skipping quite a bit during uh, quarantine when so in the initial part of the quarantine was really strict right you couldn't even get out of your flats even on the streets even on the nearby streets the police would come and they'd just send you back home so skipping was pretty much the only thing i could do so i started jumping rope uh, regularly and then i got quite good at it i would say uh, this is thing called double unders right so i could do it maybe around 150 200 double unders in a row and skipping i could practically i mean regular skipping i could do it for a long time and depends on the pace that you're doing it at so i used to regularly skip for like 15 20 minutes a day and that's all the time i had for like exercise and looking after my body at that point uh but it was pretty effective and it brought down my uh, weight a little bit and then i started running i started transitioning to running as the quarantine eased up a little bit so running uh, i do running and then on 
so running is a little harder on your body than cycling right right so after maybe two three uh, continuous days of running you would want to rest a little bit so i'd maybe walk a little bit or maybe i'd cycle uh, so cycling used to be my recovery thing at that point at that point i didn't have the tri band uh, i only had the river side right and running i started making like steady gains in running so running a uh, very long distance running wasn't my thing so like uh, anything above 5k I, i was not very strong at but something like 3k or 1 mile 1 mile was the distance uh, i used to do a lot of and then i had this number stuck in my head for a long time even before this running thing started during covid uh, when i was back when i was in, working in bangalore i always wanted to do like a 3 minute 1k mm-hmm. so pretty short distance it's like it's like a vo2 max effort right. so a very strong vo2 max effort I, i didn't know anything about vo2 max at that point or vo2 max efforts at that point but that's what it was i in retrospect i realized that was Fair that's it. what it was yeah. So this 3 minute uh, 1k I wanted to really go for and that's that's the target I said during quarantine. So I had uh, so I the first day I went and did down that straight straight away road I did something like 315 or 320. So 15 minutes at, at that uh, yeah it was a pretty hard target for me 3 minutes and I like slowly started bringing it down uh, 310 I got to then 35 36 and then I hit a little bit of a slump and then it went back up again it got back to 310. Then I came to Bangalore for a little bit uh, to stay with my friend for a while, and then I used to run regularly here also. Uh, I think I, I'm not sure. The, there's no science to back this up. It's all bro science. But I I think running running at the slightly thinner air in Bangalore uh, regularly, and I was also running in sandals at that point. So mm. I I hadn't brought my shoes, but I still wanted to run. So I'd run for like uh, a mile or maybe two miles in sandals, and I I think that really toughened up my legs and feet. So and then uh, the week after I returned. I I just made a go for it and uh I I smashed 3 minutes I think I got 251 at that point so 251 for the kilometer mm-hmm. uh which two, I think 249 or 251 which by the way is Eliud Kipchoge's marathon pace Ooh. so <laughs> I think 1k at that I'm happy with that <laughs> so uh I I also I got a pretty decent mile time my, my best mile I got at that point I think it was around 510 or 511 I got the mile time mm-hmm. So yeah that that's right before I started cycling so cycling I found was much easier on the body so running it it's really really like pounding your body mm-hmm. especially at those higher paces it's really like like yeah using your body like a punching bag <laughs> so that that was the time you were using strava is it yeah i i i was using strava regularly to log my runs and like log my progress mm-hmm. uh but even when i was doing the long rides on high, high, the hybrid right mm-hmm. the trishur rides that i talked about i was using strava but that was like right. uh not very frequent very sporadically i'd go on a ride mm. uh but yeah i had a thing for logging and i wanted to track my progress but uh, running phase is when i started really using strava right then uh the uh, triban phase started uh i started training regularly and then i learned about this interval trainings and structure training and all mm. from solven mm. so once that happened and i uh yeah really got into it then strava became like a really useful tool i think around that point um uh, is when i got my heart rate monitor also then i started training by heart rate and i found that i had a pretty low heart rate for the kind of efforts i was doing uh initially solgan and all uh, remarked like uh, is the heart rate monitor correct uh, it seems to be a little too low right so and that that's something i always had about me so even before i started endurance training and all uh, my resting heart rate was pretty low hmm Uh, maybe around the high 40s would would, would uh, like was where it settled at and once i started training it came down even further <coughs> So yeah uh, that's how the structure training uh, process started uh 
then yeah or do you have any questions about that no so um how how much were you riding the, during that time uh, say you before that you were riding uh, say a long ride once in a while mm. uh, you know um during the weekend or something like that but how, uh, how did that on the hybrid if you if you mean the hybrid mm. i was not riding regularly on weekends or anything it'll be like once in two months i'll do I'll do a long ride right and then i just ride around the neighborhood not mm. not enough to have any kind of training stimulus right so how how did the uh, how how did the volume look like once you started riding yeah. with c3 and stuff so c3 i think on on weekdays i couldn't afford more than like 1 or 1 or 15 minutes a day so that that's what my usual morning looked like on a weekday mm. when i had work uh so 1 or 15 minutes that's probably what it was but it was uh, so what what we did was tuesdays and thursdays we we'd have hard intervals mm-hmm. <laughs> wednesday we'd have an easy ride to the airport uh sundays we'd have a long endurance ride uh fridays and mondays were off and saturday saturday we had sprint training mm-hmm. so that that's what the usual uh, week looked like for the c3 club so i stuck to that uh so tuesday and thursday i did interval training so uh, all the weekdays it would be a little over an hour so we'd stop we'd uh, do the training we'd stop for tea that's how it was and then weekends we do maybe a 3 hour ride mm-hmm. so that would be like 90 100 k's somewhere around there on the highway the same highway that I did the thrissur ride on we do a, we go on the highway and return right so from <clears throat> um the, how how many months was this so i did maybe around uh two months of this before i did my first race <laughs> so i i hadn't raced until that point right so the first race i did uh okay uh, even a little before the race there, there were these couple online events that happened so that that's what basically got me onto the radar for a lot of uh, kerala cyclists so there was this online challenge uh, conducted by this club called keg the mm-hmm. keg and this like kotem endurance group and then they had this uh, challenge on republic day republic day ride 26 kilometers on republic day right so it was called the minnel challenge and uh, so all around uh, you can ride anywhere so that doesn't really make sense because the speed obviously depends on the terrain quite a bit mm. but we had uh, pretty quick highways uh, in kochi so i did this ride with a uh, c3 and then i i was pulling the entire time i had aerobars on so mm. uh, at that point right so what what i wanted to do was just go as fast as i can on my cycle it was still a very utilitarian mindset that i had i didn't have this like uh, we should race i should uh, perform well i i had to just get from point a to point b as fast as i can right. so and aerobars would get me faster for the same amount of effort so mm. i got used to aerobars it's not necessarily because i wanted to be a time trialist or anything but aerobars were like something i felt would make me much faster Hmm. for the same amount of effort and i had aerobars on i was uh, and for some reason i immediately got comfortable on the aerobars so a lot of people even seasoned riders they are not that comfortable on the aerobars right but for me uh, that problem wasn't there there was the initial like 10 seconds of wobble and then i just uh, felt it fit so on this uh, minnel challenge i was on the aerobars but i was pulling uh, almost the entire time and i averaged around i think 41.5 i averaged for the 26 kilometers nice so That that was uh yeah quite big for me yeah it, yeah it is. I mean I still remember the first time um I did my forty kmph uh now looking back it was uh, with tailwind but still it was you know okay. it was uh, very uh you know satisfying it was in uh, BBCH um, uh two thousand thirteen um. and we we had this from uh, the usual start point on omr till the egypt uh, turn hmm. so that was the only year where they had only one way one way okay 
uh, after that or before that is always out and back, back which yeah. which should be the case yes. right and uh, you know luckily that was the time that was the first time i hit 40 kmph and i was like yeah <laughs> pro now <laughs> was a big pro yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah so you did 41 kmph yeah there was the uh, and uh, so when the results came that mm. turned out to be the fastest in this so this was only for uh, riders from the state from mm. kerala mm. and this turned out to be the fastest time and yeah that that was a little bit of motivation for me right and then i trained a little more so i i figured out that my strength was probably more around time trialing and holding a steady power rather than huge surges of power like sprints for instance mm-hmm. and so then i did my first race so first race that that's when i stepped out of the scene with a bang <laughs> right so the i i had watched the race so i didn't know this racing scene existed at all in mm. kochi or anywhere else for that matter or even in bangalore right so in kochi i i went and watched my first race as i just started my structure training i watched my first race and it was a pretty thrilling experience so yeah, i think it was a yeah, it was a no it was a time trial the first race i watched was a time trial <coughs> so at that point i uh, i was seeing these really skinny kids so there's this guy called salvin he's is still like a walking miracle to me he's about his his legs are about this thick <laughs> he's still a really good flat time trialist uh, i would say he's that great at climbing but it usually should be the other way around right right the somebody, skinny people yeah, somebody who's that skinny he should be good on the climbs and not so good at the flats but for some reason he's super fast in the flats and i watched these guys uh, do the time trial and i learned about the different disciplines of racing and all uh, but the first race i did that was a road race so we have this uh, road called willington road and it's just about a 2.5 km stretch i think so 2.5 k out 2.5 k back so 5 km would be one lap and the first race i did was about 26 km 26 or 35 km <coughs> anyway so i had it was it was a pretty epic race i would say it was still one of the like the highlights of my <laughs> cycling career so what happened was uh, i was i was racing on the tri band i had the one by still i upgraded the one by to a two by later but mm-hmm. at that point i still had the one by and the one by the thing is there's no front derailleur right mm, so right. the chain is very susceptible to skipping like jumping out falling out if you have a front derailleur the front derailleur will hold it to an extent i uh, th- there's no chain stopper what's it called uh, the yeah the chain uh, the chain stopper uh, i mean there there are a couple of varieties of hmm. that which is like uh, you know there are, there is a uh, there is a gadget which kind of puts you know is um, stuck to the seat tube hmm. and then tries to keep the chain in place yeah uh, but usually i mean that is usually that because... electronic gadget it is not it's just you know yeah yeah i mean i'm using a chain stopper now mm-hmm. i'm saying at that point i had neither a chain stopper nor a front derailleur right so uh, what happened is on the willington road at one point there's a railway track there's a railway crossing but it's defunct the no trains use it but there's a track there and it's a really bumpy part of the road so and i'm 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 going at full steam uh i think immediately once this race started i uh, race started i moved ahead i moved to the front and started going full gas i started going full gas like 300 400 meters i went railway track boom chain drops i'm like shit and then i get get off the bicycle everybody has gone ahead i get off the bicycle put it back on start racing again i catch up to these guys before the lap ends i catch up to these guys so i i don't think the group was going very fast maybe around 36 37 which was still a, do- a very doable pace for right. me i could solo that pace easily so yeah we do the lap come back railway track again boom again it drops i, I had moved to the front of the group again 
and I'm just starting to pick up the pace and then then again the chain drops. I'm super frustrated at this point and uh, again I get off, I put it back on. So there's I think five more laps. Uh, so five more laps, I again do this arduous process of catching back to the group. And so it is, it is chain is dropping every lap. No, not every lap. The first lap it dropped twice. Okay. The next couple laps I was more careful. All right. The next three or four laps I really took care to like slow down. Mm. Even if it costs me some time, I don't want it to cost like 20 seconds that I have to get off and put the chain right. back on. Yeah. So my hands are like full of grease at that point. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was not a super nice ride. I still have the photos from it. My hands are covered in, covered in grease. And so I did that. Uh, so the next couple of laps were fairly smooth. I moved to the front and I formed a breakaway with this guy called Adarsh. You might know him, might not know him. Mm. He's a um, under 23 guy from Kerala. Right. Adarsh K, he sometimes comes to Bangalore for races mm. also. He recently had an accident, so he's been off racing for a little bit, but I think he's still getting back into it. Right. Getting back into it. So I formed a two-man breakaway with Adarsh. We started working together. And yeah, I was pulling hard, he was pulling hard. So we formed quite a separation with the rest of the group. And then, uh, yeah, then what happens is this final drama, final bit of drama. So we go uh, to the final U-turn, come back, and the finish line is somewhere on that, there. And so I have to cross this railway track one more, once more. I tell others, so since we're taking turns, right? I tell others about in the last three kilometers, no, uh, in the last two kilometers or something, I tell him, okay, uh, now at this point, I'm not going to pull you. So let, let's just ride side by side. Uh, these guys are not going to catch up to us now. Let's just ride side by side. I didn't want to give him an advantage. I, I didn't really want an advantage as well. So uh, I just wanted to be done in a sprint. So let, let, I told him, let's just take it to a sprint. And then... We are riding side by side. He agreed to that. We are riding side by side. And then finally, the ra railway track chain drops again for me. <laughs> he rides on, he gets first. But then I have the cycle with me. I know that the group is maybe around 600 meters behind. But I don't have time to put the chain back on. If I stop to put the chain back on, I'm, I'm going to lose it. So what I do is I roll the bike. I run. I run to the finish. There's about 300 meters to the finish line. I run oh. the entire distance. And I cross the finish line running. So I, uh, I had seen, I think it was the Venki podcast only the Working Athlete podcast, I had seen uh, Naveen John mention somewhere uh, about you have to carry the bike to the finish line. You cannot just run to the finish line, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't have the bike in your hands at the finish line, you're not. it's not considered a okay. finish. Yeah. So I, I had heard, I had watched this video maybe around two weeks or three weeks before this. I had this in the back of my mind. So, uh, yeah, I started running with the bike. Uh, so I, I coasted on the momentum for a little bit. So there, there was still was about 300 meters to go. I started running. And then it's a super dramatic finish. I still have like a couple different videos of that. It's It'll be there on my Instagram if you want to watch it. <laughs> but it got the crowd so pumped up. Uh, so nobody had seen this. This is someone running <laughs> to the finish line like this. And then I came in second. But everybody just considered me the victor there. I, I think it was a little unfair to Adash because he had done a good race. Right. But yeah, I was the highlight of that particular race. <laughs> so Chris Froome um, uh, running up the, uh, you know, mountain huh. uh, in one of the TDFs is pretty epic. I think this was... Uh, he didn't have the bike, right? Did he have the bike? So, oh yeah, I mean, uh, he didn't he got i mean they caught up to him and gave him the bike later and then there was some controversy around it right 
Yeah, there, there was. But, uh, you know, eventually crossing the... By the time he got to the finish line, he got the bike. And I, I think in it. the episode that you were talking to NJ about this, right. you mentioned Chris Froome. Correct. So, yeah, it's, it's all there. <laughs> in the back of the head somewhere. Right. But, yeah, that was a super dramatic finish. Uh, that's how I really splashed onto the scene. <laughs> that was a pretty uh, amazing uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, intro yeah. to the racing. Yeah, yeah. First race. And I completely wrecked my cleats. I uh, I have photos of my cleats from that and, my, and the underside of my shoe as well. These things are not built for running, right? It's <laughs> trashed. That, that, this, those cleats were done at that point. Right. The yellow parts of the cleat were completely gone. I just got these cleats right before this first race. Hmm. So yeah, that was the first, first race. race. Super dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. The Willington Island race. <laughs> this year, I don't think they held it for some reason. Hmm. So what I mean, uh, th- this was your first race. Uh, how 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 did that? Um, this was uh, when was this? This was, if I'm not wrong, February or March 2022. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, then, how did uh, you? What what changed after that? You know, uh, in terms of training and racing frequency and stuff. So. Uh, one thing was the kit started changing bit by bit. Mm. So uh, so the 41.5 I did, right? That was on flat flat shoes. So Right. <laughs> right before the races when I got the cleats, maybe two, three weeks before this race. So uh, Solvent told me that these cleats might be a really good investment to make, especially in sprints and all. Flat mm. shoes are not really going to cut it. Mm. Uh, and the the first day I got onto the cleats, I felt super uncomfortable because I, I used to pedal with the like the middle part middle, of my feet. Yeah, yeah, I mean, when you are using shoes, usually that is the spot yeah. for you tend and to use. Then, uh, when you're shifting the cleats, it uh, like puts a lot of pressure on the calves, right? Mm. When you're pedaling with the balls of the feet, your calf ha- calves has to be engaged. Engaged. That's not so when you're pedaling with the middle or like the heel. Heel right. pedaling is like really awkward, mm. e- even to me. But middle, uh, middle foot pedaling, it doesn't engage the calves as much. So my calves were like burning after the cleat ride. And I, I thought for a minute that maybe I'm not cut out for like cleat riding. Maybe I'll just hmm. race on flat shoes for the rest of my life. <laughs> maybe these dudes have it all wrong. <laughs> but yeah, I eventually got used to it. Uh, so some people encouraged me. They told me that you'll get used to it. Everyone faces it at the beginning. Hmm. And yeah, I got used to it. Uh, so yeah, after that, what changed? Uh, so... I, I started racing more regularly. That's what mostly changed. And I started, uh, I mean, even before that, I was doing training regularly. I like to stick to a routine. Hmm. Uh, so I, I kept to the routine and I guess my numbers were improving, but I have, I have nothing to show for it. Right. But uh, yeah, I, I could see that I was getting more comfortable in faster rides. Uh, so then the race I did after that was the Bangalore Amateur, uh, BBCH ITT, Amateur ITT. So that's what got me onto the Bangalore scene. Uh, I think a few people noticed that. So uh, I did that on the tri-van. Again, the tri-van is the highlight. Everyone notices me, not because I'm good, because I'm riding on a tri-van. <laughs> and, and because I'm also a little good. So, but the tri-van is the first thing they notice. They turn their noses up first, then they ask me, damn, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> so the amateur ITT I did, uh, I was in like full analyst mode at that point. Uh, I, I'm, I'm like good with numbers. So I also have this analysis background, right? right. I was, so I was data science. Yeah, data <laughs> science background. We are both data scientists, by the way. If you didn't know. Uh, so I was doing full-on analysis about how much faster would you be at 800 meters above sea level compared to uh, like sea level. Kochi is at sea level. Bangalore is at like a higher altitude, and uh, I, I was right because Bangalore speeds always tend to be a little higher than Kochi speeds because the air is a little thinner here. But then the winds are a lot stronger generally here than there. So uh, some days it makes up for that. But some days you tend to go faster. So I was uh, thinking maybe I can do like a 42 in Kochi, 
how much would i do here maybe i'll do a 43.5 so how how much uh, so 10 it's like around 10% less dense the air here is around 10% less dense that would translate to uh, 10% less drag so you'd uh, i think you'd go about 3% uh, faster for the same effort mm-hmm. 10% uh, power savings is like 3% faster because air and uh, the power ratio is like the cubic relationship right, right. so 10% uh, less dense air is like 3% faster and i did all the calculations came here uh i think i wanted to do something like 44 or 44.5 i didn't quite make that uh because what i didn't expect was the rolls uh, the rolls to be so rolling correct back in kochi it's a lot more flat uh, even the the risers they're like 1 2% back row they're a little steeper and a little longer correct so and i'm also on a tri band so the weight penalty is a little more here i think i got to something like 42.4 which is still pretty good mm-hmm. uh the I, uh, the, I think it's the the bar segment was what I raised. Correct. correct. The bar ITT of twenty twenty four point five segment. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. on the OMR. Correct. So that's the one I did. That was forty two point four. I got. Uh, I was a little disappointed because I I was uh I won the amateur one. So I but the thing is the elites also had the uh, had the same race and the same course. Right. So I could compare directly with them. So I think Navin Raj won that day. Imad came second. Uh, third was Vaishak. Uh, the MTB rider who also occasionally does road racing, right? So, uh, they, uh, they, all of their three times were quite a good bit faster than me. But I think I would have placed fourth or fifth even in the elite. So, mm-hmm. I, I see, I saw that I was not, uh, like, uh, good enough to compete with the elites at that point because I, I'm thinking the bike at that point. I don't want to think about the bike at all. I know that I'm racing on a tri band, but I don't want to consider that as part of the equation at all. Right. I'm, I'm looking at it as, uh, I'm this much slower than these guys, so I have to improve a lot. So uh, next week I came on the same segment. I did another effort. I did forty three point four. I was one kmph faster. That that was a good uh, feeling for me. I think I cut down forty seconds from my previous time. Right. Uh, there was also another thing though. The first time I did it, the winds were brutal. The forty two point four I did. There was on brutal winds. The next week, the winds were not as as hard. Right. So the forty three point four was partly due to me knowing the course better, partly due to the lower winds, and probably I put out a little more power as well. I figured out how to like modulate your power when the ups and downs come. Uh, so when I started out, I had the thing entirely wrong. Uh, I had the plot entirely wrong. I'd go really hard on the descents. Hmm. The, the descents is where I would put out the most power because you get more return for your like you go fast, right? Correct. It's exciting when you're on yeah. descent. It's exciting. You see forty six, forty seven on the okay, like on the speedometer, and you want to go faster. But then I realized it's the sense that you have to put the power on. The sense is when you should like chill a little bit and get that recovery in. Right. So that now I learned later. So I learned to pace myself better on time trials, basically. Uh. So all that added up to like a one kmph faster speed later. Uh. One week later, and the thing uh, is, I uh when I came to during that point, is when so I had this complete freedom of transport. Right. Up until that point, I was a little restricted. I had the hybrid even uh before when I was in Bangalore, but I had a lot of freedom of movement on the tri band. So I stayed with a friend of mine for about a month. Uh, and I used to ride around in the night. Now I uh, I either ride into the city or maybe I ride on the highway. So that month, uh, I really started training e- uh, even more regularly. In the morning, I uh every ride would be on the airport road. I uh, like. Yeah, this was one thing about me in the beginning. I just go hard on every ride. <laughs> Since my rides are only around, yeah. around one hour, one hour, fifteen minutes long, I go super hard every ride. So, uh, that that was something I did. Which, uh, yeah, if someone advised me against it, I, uh, I mean, 
I don't know. That, right. that, that's that's the mindset I was in. You yeah. just have to feel it in your legs. After every ride, you just have to be slumped on the couch. Right. <laughs> so, but then that, it was really regular training, and uh, I, I guess my body adapted it also. For that month, I would ride on the airport road regularly. Uh, every ride would be around like forty kmph, forty two point four kmph. That that's the mm. <laughs> average speed it would be on, and eventually I think. Uh, this is how I'm like getting slightly introduced to LBB. So I I know about these guys. So every time I'm riding in Bangalore, I see some segment. I look there. I look in the segment. I see NJ there. I see some some guy or the other from LBB. There'd be Joel Sundaram here. There'd be Shaudia Kaushal somewhere there. So I knew about these names. And eventually, uh, Shaudia reached out to me during that month. Uh, he invited me on a group ride. I think you were also there in that group ride. Right. You might have not known me, but uh, so I think most people turned around a little before the Nandi turn. But uh, I wanted to do a Nandi climb, so I had done a Nandi climb before. Uh, uh, yeah, the day after the ITT, right? I I, t- I had taken the day off of work, so I wanted to do a Nandi climb. I know that it's a very popular destination for cyclists in Bangalore. I wanted to see what the big deal was about. I had never been to Nandi before that, so Nandi ride was something I always wanted to do even before when I was on the hybrid. But then that never happened for some reason. I didn't couldn't find the time or something. But then uh, I wanted to do it that at that point. I went to Nandi. Uh, I. So at that point, I had what? What did I have for the gear? Yeah, I had changed the chain ring by then. Okay. So I had a two by, but then uh, I did not have an FD. So ah, yeah, okay. I, I could shift to the lower ring. I okay. I could, it had to be in the bigger ring. Okay. So I had to do the Nandi on the big ring. I I stopped once in between, and I was not in the mood to go really hard also that day. Right. I stopped once in between, took some monkeys pictures and all, <laughs> continued on. I think the actual ride time was around maybe twenty uh, seven minutes or something. Then uh, Shaudia and all invited me uh, for their group ride, so uh, everybody turned around a little before the Nandi turn. Shaudia, me, and Ben, we went on to Nandi. They didn't climb Nandi, but uh, they asked me to just send it. Ben, Ben obviously asked me to send it. <laughs> Uh, I was not used to the lingo. I was initially confused. Send what? <laughs> <But then laughs> I figured out that's something they say. Uh, now I've also started using it. <laughs> so I I sent it that day. Hmm. Uh, I think it was. Uh, I think my time was twenty six twenty six. Hmm. Uh, which on a tri band was decent. Hmm. Uh, not not good, not bad. Uh, but yeah, I did. That was my Nandi climb. And after I got to the top, I think I spent a little bit of time there. Uh, so. <laughs> Yeah, uh, this was my second Nandi climb. That that was my first continuous Nandi climb, hmm. which a lot of no like, no taking pictures or anything. Yeah, no taking pictures. Hmm. A little bit of suffering. Yeah, all of that. Hmm. Uh, and yeah, I figured out that Bangalore had a very thriving cycling scene because the shut up legs and all, right? Yeah, yeah. I I I wouldn't find something like that in Kochi and all in roads shut up legs something like that. And uh, I think I got a couple thumbs up from just onlookers as well as I was climbing. And as I think I, as I was climbing. Rajiv was coming down. He also gave me a thumbs up. He was just bombing down the descent. <laughs> I I feared for his life when he was doing that. <laughs> How do people do this? Uh, at that point, I don't think I still was comfortable that much with descents. Uh, yeah. So that was my first Nandi climb. This was in March, March, yeah, March end or April beginning. Hmm. Uh, I started riding regularly. Then I went back home. Yeah, that that was it around there. Nice. So the first time I actually heard your name was uh, from Rick Noble. Um, so I we were I think um, hanging out, uh, you know, with uh, 
his friend our common friend pochi and mm. you know we were talking uh, we were talking in general and then um, uh, we asked him what, what did you where, where did you ride this morning i said uh, we i went to nandi and uh, paced up uh, uh, john yeah <laughs> up nandi who is john i mean i didn't know you yeah. at that point of time and it's like who is john he said so he's this kid from kerala who is very uh, young and uh, he's strong is he can improve quite a bit but um, it's quite nice that's the first time i actually heard about you hmm. and um, i was asking uh, you know how did you know him is like um Uh, so how did you yeah. meet <laughs> so for the reknova story i have to rewind a little bit yeah <laughs> so yeah, uh, the the race that really broke me <laughs> was the first edition of tour of tekri so there's this race called tour of tekri uh, they conducted the, the second edition this time so i was on my triban uh shrinath was there in that race that's the first time that i'm seeing shrinath uh, i had heard about shrinath from c3 and some old segments in kochi and all i i'd see shrinath on i knew that there was this guy called shrinath i knew that he was a strong climber but i had no uh, like real perspective on how good or bad my climbing abilities were or how good or bad my long distance abilities were so uh, most of the rides i do would be under 3 hours yeah. and this is like a 6 hour race This is like super long. This is like a TDF proper right. stage, proper <laughs> yeah. TDF stage. It's uh, 145 kilometers long and 3,200 meters of elevation. Jeez. Yeah, it's a lot of suffering on yeah. a, on a day for a bike. Yeah. So I did the first edition of Tour of Tekri. That's the day I realized I had to drop some weight if I want to continue <laughs> the sport. <laughs> I suffered my ass off. So uh, to in, to prepare for that, I had gone. I, I mean, I know that there will be a lot of climbing involved, mm. but. all the climbs that were nearby they were like short climbs like 800 meters 1 kilometer so shorter climbs guys like me also can cut it like punchy climb short punchy climbs I, i had a good 3 yeah. 4 minute uh, like power so i can really punch it up those but the long steady climbs the 20 minute climbs or the 25 minute climbs i didn't really have an idea of how much suffering that would entail how to pace yourself yeah, also pace yourself, yeah. yeah on the shorter climbs you just go balls out Correct. right you yeah. cannot do that on the longer yeah. climb so Yeah, the first race. <laughs> this is a funny story. So, I went super hard in the beginning. This is like a six-hour race. I'm going full threshold mode at the start. Uh, I'm wondering why are these guys coming so slow. Uh, the race started. I'm going full full gas, and I take one slight wrong turn. So again, the group catches up. I mean, I had to catch up with the group again, but still, I'm going super hard again. And then we formed a breakaway. This is like in the first hour of a five-six-hour race. I found a breakaway with Shrinath and um, Renju. Mm. Renju from Kerala. Renju, yeah. yeah, he's a uh, like multiple-time state champion, not. Right. So I found a break with uh, Renju and Shrinath, and these both of these guys are super skinny climbers. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm like seventy-seven, seventy-eight close at that point. So the initial part of the race, the initial hour or hour fifteen of that race is rolling. I wouldn't say flat; it's mm. rolling. So I can still cut it with these guys. Then the first major climb started. Uh, so that's around three kilometers, maybe around um, what six, seven percentage. Right. So it's a pretty serious climb, and I stuck. I tried to stick with these guys uh, during that climb. So I, I still don't know my climbing abilities. I've done maybe one on the climb, but that's right. not really enough to yeah. know yourself or know your power profile stuff like that. Mm. So I stuck with these guys. I think I was doing probably around at, at my weight at that point to stick with these guys. I probably did around two ninety, three hundred watts, and. Then my legs were done. Right. These guys went ahead. Uh, so and at that point, 
if i had any more race experience what i should have done the prudent thing to do was draw back go with the group try to save some energy but i am still going for ah, i'm going to catch up to these guys so the thing is after this right even if i do catch up to these guys there's a huge ass climb coming up it's a kolamav <laughs> climb that's 12 kilometers steady climbing 6 percentage 6.5 percentage or something 12 kilometers it's a long climb i i should have had the wherewithal to like know that even if i catch up to these guys on the rolling section they are going to drop me on the climb but i i just kept going hard went solo and the kolamav uh, until the kolamav is i i couldn't catch up to them kolamav i did maybe around 1 2 kilometers and my legs said bye bye <laughs> my legs have left the chat <laughs> i had to get down i had to get down i had to start walking and then um i see these guys slowly start passing me the the other bunch the catching up group, yeah. yeah the group is catching up so abhinav passed uh then akshay kletus passed these are all guys from kerala uh they are like uh, pretty good level racers so and it's every with every passing rider i'm getting discouraged a little more but then uh, and i just want to stop at that point because my legs are not turning after that point i i had a proper bonk i think because i i can feel the amount of pressure i'm putting on the pedals i couldn't push like 150 watts after that i was just like crawling up the climb it's a pretty serious sli- a steep climb too the some of the some of the parts of the climbs are really steep not kolamava but a couple of climbs that come after that kolamava is a pretty steady 6% grade right but anyway i had to walk uh <laughs> walk get on the bike so there are some descents also in between so those descents i obviously be on the bike then the next climb would come and i'd ride for like 1 km up the climb then i'd get off again and start walking again so i took around 7 hours of ride time itself and yeah another funny thing towards uh, at about 5 and a half 6 hours into the uh, ride i was done and yeah uh, i had absolutely no clue about fueling hmm so <laughs> i had no support vehicle for one and all i had was like may, uh, maybe a couple gels or something right and i was done with that and the idea of eating on the bike and how you have to maintain that burn rate i had no clue of any of these and so that's all all of that led to the bonk and i was just going too hard in the beginning and i shouldn't have tried to stay with these skinny dudes <laughs> <laughs> i should have known better but anyway at the at the 5 mark or something uh i stopped i stopped i went to a hotel i just wanted to eat something sweet i ate a lot of pastries lot, everything sweet i could find a couple of juices shakes or pastries and then i had i think i had a sugar crash <laughs> i i slept in that hotel for like 20 25 minutes i laid my head on the bench uh, on the desk and i just uh, slept there the hotel people were also pretty nice they let me sleep there they didn't wake me up or anything <laughs> and then i continued on soldiered on some but then uh, one thing i noticed was after that i felt a little better right. on the climbs i could yeah of carbs you have yeah, the refill that's what i realized fueling does matter <laughs> You can't just go bars to the bars for five hours and not expect your body to crash. So, uh, I I realized the importance of fueling that day. I also realized the importance of being a little light on the climbs that day. Hmm. So after that, uh, so I I realized the drawback of race uh training and racing only on flat sections like Kochi. Kochi hmm. is like a coastal area, right? The, we don't have any big climbs there. Correct. So if you only train there, so the first two three months I was training there, I was always fast on the flats. I really I didn't realize this weakness of mine right. of climbs. Hmm. So I had no option to train on a climb in Kochi so I decided to get a trainer. So I I felt like this would I I had always like prioritized upgrading my body over upgrading the bike. So sure. I could I could use the ATK that I spent on the trainer for a better bike at that point but I felt like upgrading my body at that point would be a better investment which has paid off in the long run. I think I made the right decision there and so I started regularly training on the uh, trainer. 
and I did some Zwift plans and I got Zwift. I did some Zwift plans and all. Uh, so I could see my numbers like creeping up. Uh, and then, yeah, so let's get to the Rick Noble story. Hmm. So the first time I meet Rick Noble uh, is I think the day after I bought the trainer or the day before I bought the trainer, somewhere around there. Uh, Where did you meet him? How, how this happened is like a huge coincidence. Like it's almost like, I don't know, what do, what do you call it? Serendipity. Right. How this happened is uh, there was this race. Uh, which one was it? Kolar Express. NJ and Rick. It was a famous right. one, right? Their sprint finish. Yeah. Uh, Rick like narrowly beats Naveen. Uh, and it was all over the internet. So I had watched this. And so yeah, I knew this. there's this super strong Dutch guy racing in India. Uh, so I, I know this name. And I think I checked out his profile a little bit. Uh, on some picture or something, I see this agriculture something. Uh, he's an agriculture attaché. But uh, I, I didn't pay too much attention, but I uh, this agriculture thing was there in the back of my head. And a couple of days later, uh, my mom tells me. So my mom is the agricultural officer right. of uh, Alua. Uh, actually, um, yeah, she works in Alua. She uh, runs a government farm in Alua. So she tells me, uh, there's this uh, a group of people coming from the uh, Dutch embassy or something. She told that there's this Dutch group that's coming to the farm to uh, pay a visit. Uh, I I guess they were recommended. Yeah, so uh, this I'm coming to know after this. So, so I think some politician uh, from the state recommended this farm as a good place to visit to Rick. So I, I didn't know any of this at the point. So my mom just told me there's this Dutch group. She said group. She didn't even say an individual. She said there's this Dutch group because she was also not sure. They, uh, she hadn't made direct correspondence with Rick at that point. She told me there's this Dutch group coming to visit the farm. And then I, so something clicked in my head. I told her, maybe I might know this guy. So, uh, because I'd seen, it, it just, like, I thought it was too much of a coincidence, this agriculture guy who also uh, cycles, and then this agriculture uh, Dutch group is coming, and he had just recently come to India. Right. So, uh, the Dutch agricultural group is also coming to your farm. So, I told her, I might know this guy, I mean, not personally, I might know this guy from the internet. Uh, just ask him, uh, like... Just try to establish correspondence with him. Check if his name is Rick something. Check, check if there is a Rick guy in the group is what I asked her. Because I'm still thinking it's a group. And then a couple of days later, Rick Noble uh, sends an email about him visiting the farm. And so my mom asked me to... Uh, and she asked me if I could tag along with her. Because I have this common ground of cycling with him. And then I might also be a little more comfortable communicating with him in English and right. everything. So I, I was basically the farm guide for him, uh, him that day. And my mom was there. Uh, so on the farm, we talked a lot about agriculture. And in the small gas I would get, I, I would slide in a cycling question or two. <laughs> then uh, on the, so this farm is about 40 minutes from my place. It's in Alua and I live in a place called Vaitla. It's about maybe 20 kilometers. And on those roads, it takes about, it takes about 30, 40 by cab. So on the return journey, uh, Rick was also going to this, going into the city. I was also going into the city. So I shared a cab with him. We talked a lot about cycling hmm. during that return. And uh, so, I mean, this is the first time seeing somebody who's raised with the pros and he was practically a pro. Right. So I I asked about his experience, how uh, asked about everything. So he he gave me like tons of valuable advice at that point. I still carry a lot of uh, that to this day. Hmm. So that's my first meeting with Rick. And him pacing me up, Nandi, happened quite a bit after that, I think. Right. I had already uh, raced with him at, mm. uh, once at that point. I think the Bangalore Classic ha happened after that. Right. The 160k race. Mm -hmm. And he won that. Srinath came second. I was still racing on my tri at that point. Uh, but yeah, uh, we had spoken a little more. So I kind of knew him. 
and then uh, so i th- i think another time when i was in bangalore he uh, he asked me uh, if i'm riding and he was there here for like this two days or something so we decided to ride together i asked him if he could pace me up the climb so i knew that uh, by this point i had gotten my new bike right i had gotten my new bike mm-hmm. so yeah uh, he told me oh congrats on your new bike now ready to win some races and all <laughs> because i i wasn't able to really perform in the high level races in bangalore and all on my tri band right i knew that the bike had something to do with it if not everything because it's not just the matter that it was not the fastest bike it's also that it was not reliable right so on the rumblers and all right the bangalore classic what happened us uh, happened is on the rumbler i broke a spoke and mm. then the wheel went out of alignment a little bit the brakes started rubbing yeah then uh, i i was in the chase group so rick and uh, shrinath and all had already taken off but i was in the chase group but then uh, i had to lose a couple seconds to try to remove the jam brakes and then I, co- i got completely left out in the open then about 80 kilometers i had to do like a tt all right so the you know um, although the uh, triban yeah. would have you know if it was reliable hmm. maybe it would not have held, held you back that much hmm. right yeah. but uh, you know the reliability of equipment plays a yeah. big role especially yeah. in races right even the pros uh, you know you see them uh, throwing attacks yeah, yeah. in the races if uh, something goes wrong it's, you know, it's that... heartwarming to see that even pros have these problems <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i mean the, they have the best equipment then still they Happen. kind of happens yeah, yeah. but if it have you know if it's something like a tribon that you had if it happens every race it yeah. is like practically yep because yeah. e- even before then i had this whole chain dropping issue in my first race right, right. and bangalore classic it again fails me mm. tour of the great i don't think it uh, I, it i don't think it gave me much problems but bangalore race it failed me again you but... yourself shot yourself in the foot yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was all me no blame to the triban i congratulated my triban also that day five or six hours it held up to all the challenges yeah. some sections of the road were pretty bad also but it gave me no problems right But yeah, reliability of the bike is pretty important, mm. especially the amount of trust you have in your equipment. Mm. So it's not just you, right? In running, that's the thing I like about running. It's just you, the body, and the shoes, maybe. But uh, in cycling, there's a lot more points of contact in moving parts involved. So a lot of a lot more things can go wrong. Right. Even if your body is all fine, the equipment can fail you. Mm. So you got a new bike by that time. Yeah. When yeah. did I get the new bike? So the new bike stories, <laughs> another one. Uh, I I was in the market for used bikes. I didn't think I could afford like a proper aero. I was trying to get an aero bike because I figured I might use this for time trials as well. Put an aero bar on and use this for time trials. And I figured an aero bar on an aero frame would be much better than a climbing frame. And I was also better suited for flat riding, right? <laughs> so I wanted to get an aero a frame. And the aero, good brand aero aero frames, they started like two lakh plus. That was a little bit out of my budget. So uh, I got into the market for used bikes and C3 and quite a people I knew they helped me a lot because uh, they got me into all these cycling groups with all these resales happening uh, and they like uh, pointed me to all these bikes that were selling and at one point uh, so there was this guy who came from Dubai uh, Inshad is the guy and he worked in the decathlon there uh, he had brought his bike back home so the the Brandon riding partners that's the bike I bought from him so they don't sell that in india i think i don't th- think there's a market for uh, yeah, no. in india We're yeah i think they sell in uae and some like southeast asian countries hmm. uh so he had bought it home and he didn't want to take it back i think he was about to get another bike back in dubai so he wanted to sell it off here so uh i had already went to a couple different places to uh i'd gone to chennai to see uh, see about uh, which one was it ridley noah mm-hmm. and 
there were a couple other bikes that I checked out. But I was kind of get, starting to get frustrated a little bit because uh, they were either a little bit out of my budget or I didn't really like the bike itself. But this one, I got on it and it, it was well within my budget. Uh, it was uh, about 1.2 lakhs. That's a 1.3 is what he quoted, I think. And then I lowballed him to 1.2. <laughs> <laughs> it was not much of a lowball because the MRP on that bike is not much more than 1.25 or anything. But then if I bought it from outside, I'd have to go through the whole hassle of bringing it Custom, home. All the customs. Yeah. yeah. So I figured he had already brought it home. So I might as well give him the price. And he, he threw in a couple of other goodies as well. Like the bike pack that I still use to this day. And... Uh, there was uh, quite a few other things. Mm. So I thought for like 1.2, this is a good purchase. I went to Malapuram. It's a different district. I stayed. So I uh, took a look at the bike in the morning. I took it for a ride. Uh, he had come in a car. I took it for a ride. Uh, there was like a slightly hilly area. I immediately felt good on the bike. And then I had work that day. Until evening, I had time to decide if I would buy this bike or not. Because I had to. Because I had to return the same day. And I had to make a decision. Yeah, I told him. I think there were like some minor squabbles about the price and everything. But eventually we agreed upon 1.2. I took the bike home. And then I really like the bike. Uh, yeah, it's, it's very reliable too, I, I right. believe. Mm. Uh, it hasn't given me any major problems. So, yeah, that was the new bike story. And then uh, after that, uh, Rick was in Bangalore for a bit. And he uh, asked me if I'm riding. Uh, so I asked him if he could pace me up Nandi. I knew that I could do a much better time because one, I had been doing structure training on Swift for quite some time. I had mm. dropped a lot of weight. Mm. I think I was only around 72, 73 kilos at that point. It was quite a step down. I mean, quite a step up from the previous 77, 78 mm. that I did my first Nandi climbs on. Uh, so I asked him to pace me up and yeah, uh, he, he he paced me quite well. So he, he was very perceptive of where I was starting to fade and where I was struggling. Right. So yeah. that's important, right? He cannot just go fast. He, he can do a much faster Nandi climb. Of course, yeah. But his, his job was to pace that day and he did it super well. So I did like a 23-34. That, that was my... That, that is actually... That was actually my Nandi PR until today. Today when I broke it. Right. <laughs> today is the day I broke it. So uh, to someone's watching, there was this Nandi... Uh, Nama Nandi race today. And today I got my Nandi PR. I broke my Nandi PR bike. We'll get that. We'll get that. <laughs> I'll leave it to Bikey Venky too. Like, yeah, order that conversation. But yeah, that that's the whole Rick Noble situation. And we got uh, got to know each other a lot more after that. I meet, uh, meet him in a couple of races after that. And uh, sadly, he's returning, right? Mm. Uh, I think he's, his next stint is in Korea, mm. I believe. No, I, I haven't caught, caught okay. up with him recently. I, I think he's only in India for like a couple more months. Nah, or maybe okay. even a couple more weeks. Not mm -hmm. sure. But yeah, he's leaving soon and stuff. Right. Thanks. So you, you ended up uh, sharing a podium uh, with him recently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is nice to see. Yeah, that was like a good ribbon to that story. The the Rick arc. <laughs> <laughs> correct, correct. So the, this was in the Hassan. Uh, Hassan race, race, yes. Race, right? Right? Yeah. That, that was also a, quite a close uh, finish. Super uh, close finish. I, I saw the, you know... <laughs> Uh, finish line uh, video and like oh, oh. <laughs> I, me and Promise were like uh, you know oh <laughs> should we do an inky pinky ponky here <laughs> coin toss what was gonna work? was that close uh, the the Rick and Naveen's uh, finish it was even closer than that right no yours was closer than uh, yeah yeah I'm saying yeah, this yeah. was even closer than that correct correct I was like one or two centimeters if the if the line was uh, just uh, 
and maybe another 5 centimeters out <laughs> yeah. uh you know he would have got it easily easily yeah. because sudev was coming like a cannon ball he was right. coming at like some at least 10 kmph faster he was than me correct correct he's a uh, sudev from kerala is under 23 state champion is a super strong uh, sprinter so at the finish line if i so i in other races so in nationals and all he's not in the same category as me but in other races in the state i usually find myself competing against him and then even in bbch races he is there so one thing i've learned about sudev is if you take him to the finish line he's going to outsprint you <laughs> so the, the thing to do is drop him before the finish line <laughs> <laughs> right right nice uh so uh, let's let's talk about uh, the race uh, today you know you um, you came in like this morning you landed this morning and raced and uh, you know let's let's talk about that okay let, let's maybe go a little before that yeah, so yeah, sure. we had the so this whole i've been doing a lot of races recently hmm, hmm. in the last 8 weeks i've done eight races i took 8 weeks and 8 yeah. races i i didn't race on one weekend but to make up for that i did two races the next weekend <laughs> so it's eight weeks and eight races uh so this whole yeah thing, let's talk about that yeah yeah so the whole thing started with uh the, the nationals uh, maybe let's talk about nationals yeah. i'll go into it a little bit hmm. the nationals was not great for me hmm. nationals uh so the first year you got into cycling you ended up in nationals uh, yeah. racing so let's talk yeah yeah, me, me, yeah. how is it so, okay so this is states states that i should talk about i shouldn't miss that yeah, right yeah. Okay, let's rewind a little bit and go back to the state championship. Yeah. I'm still on my tri van at that point. Mm. <laughs> so, um I had the tri van with the aerobars on and I I went there in my usual fashion this. So at that point I didn't have a bike bag. I'm I'm just lugging around the bicycle as it is. I had a uh, practice coming traveling with the bike for a couple of the Bangalore races. And what I'd do is on Bangalore races I'd be coming in a Volvo or uh whatever the case. I just uh dumped the bicycle in the undercarriage and I maybe removed the wheels it it just it would just be lying flat and as an alu frame I, it didn't have to be like coddled too much so I was fine with it maybe a couple of scratches here and there but it worked for me so the state championship race I couldn't get a uh, like a, bu- a bus with an undercarriage this was like a low floor bus so low floor bus don't have undercarriages right so but this was like a late night bus some 3 a.m bus I got I like traveling when everybody is asleep one is like a lot less crowded and you don't just face traffic jams all over the place uh and my sleep is like really messed up um <laughs> uh, so anyway uh i i prefer traveling in the night so i went to state championships and there there were all these season riders there but so akshay kletus uh this this anis anis zain all of these guys were there so i'm on a tri- tri band i'm a little outgunned in that respect a lot of these guys have tt bikes i think anis and uh, akshikletus both were riding on road bikes with a uh, tt bars on mm-hmm. which was the same thing i was doing but i'm still on a tri band so mm. and this course is a very rolling course okay. it's a it's not like long uh, uphills and long downhills like bangalore is it's short uphills and short downhills downhills but they are still pretty steep i think uh, it kicks up to like 4 5% on the uphills and then it's downhill uh, super fast downhills and the uh, winds are crazy on the scores because it's a coastal area it's uh, tiruvanthapuram and it's right beside the beach so the very strong winds plus this up and down uh so i did my race on the tri band um and yeah i won that so that that was like a big deal because 
somebody shared this uh, so i had this photo of me on the tt position on the tri band i had taken the day before the race and i had posted it somewhere on instagram somebody found this and somebody made a big ass post saying uh, let me introduce to you the state champion of kerala he is an inspiration to everybody who uh, all the kids uh, and, and this this was something i stood up for because i do believe that the man is a lot more important than the machine in the man machine equation in in the biking biking racing scene and so this post was aligned with that uh, so a lot of kids right uh, they they want the the highest possible end equipment every nobody wants to ride without carbon wheels and right yeah and i i do honestly believe that a lot of people think it makes more difference than it actually does so here here i am riding on like stock triband wheels and the only upgrade i've made at that point is the cleat pedals obviously and i i have a two by crank Mm-hmm. So those are the only two upgrades I've done, and then there's obviously the aero bar, and I won on that. I think uh, Anis was maybe around sixteen or seventeen seconds behind me, and Akshay Kleeter, who came third, was about forty forty five seconds behind me. So yeah, I had a decent gap on them, but not huge. But still, uh, this post like went semi viral. Uh, it was being posted on a lot of uh, cycling groups, and then uh, in the national, somebody uh, so some the people obviously got to know that I can perform well. It, so with better equipment i would be obviously much faster so there's a uh, there's a club called rbz in ernakulam so the cl- uh, the owner of the club he reached uh, so i reached out to him and i asked him if he could because i i don't want to go to nationals on a tri band i mean right. what am i doing yeah, yeah. i can do it in the states but i can't do that bullshit in the nationals they're like way stronger riders so if i'm going to nationals if i'm taking all that trouble i want to do the best possible nationals mm. but i couldn't afford a tt bike at that time so i reached out to him i asked him if i could uh, get a tt bike from him and he graciously like considered and uh, let me use the tt bike that he usually only reserves for his team riders mm. but i'm i'm not a part of his team right still still i'm not but uh, he let, let me use that tt bike and I, it was a dolan it's a dolan bike it was a good fast tt bike with this whole disc wheels and all right uh this is like some uh, 8 9 lakh bike i i've never yeah, seen yeah, yeah. i've never rode on bikes in that range before i'm super skittish on this bike any any part i touch any scratch dent i make is like 50k <laughs> I can't afford that kind of thing. Dolan frames are uh, usually found on the track, I think. More yeah, yeah, yeah. Road, yeah. So the club, uh, they have both track riders as well as road riders, mm. and some people who do both. Yeah. And there's also MTB riders. Mm. So uh, since they have this track background, and I think uh, they uh, try to sell a lot of Dolans. Right. Most of the bikes I've seen in that store are Dolans. Mm. So I rode on this, but it was the the nationals was a fiasco for me mm. because state camp went fine. uh most of the state camp didn't really interfere with uh, so i went there late i had this excuse that i'm a working professional i cannot just spend months on in the state camp mm-hmm. because all the kids they caught a camp 3 4 weeks before and they uh, completely get into their mode of training uh, which i feel is a little antiquated <laughs> they don't use power meters they they still go by cadence and speed and all mm-hmm. <laughs> 40k 40k it depends on the road right right speed is not a good yeah, thing you know they have their own uh, <laughs> yeah. older methods yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so and i i'm doing so i really got the hang of like structured training and using power and hr for training and all i learned most of it by myself and i'm hugely indebted to two people for this how i learned most of it was obviously i see videos on youtube and all mm-hmm. but something uh, that closed the scene that i could do was nj right nj mm-hmm. and joel right. these guys uh, they upload all all the data to strava they don't hide data right. so a, a lot of the and they also like Uh, give detailed posts about their training and methods and all correct 
So I learned a lot from these two guys, Trava. Mm. Joel especially because I felt like he was a rider who's very similar to my profile and my weight and my build and all. And Jay, I felt like I was a little about, I was punching a little about my weight. Why? But still, you can learn from riders at all levels. Mm. But Jay is somebody who's like, what? He's super meticulous, right? Right. He takes care of all the details. He's a very detail-oriented person. So I could learn a lot from those, these two guys' profiles. And then, so I was in structure training. So I felt like if I went to the state camp training, it would be taking me a step down. Uh, so I wanted to avoid it for as far as possible. I don't know if any state camp people are listening. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I went there, I think one or two weeks before the nationals. I But uh, thankfully, they let us do our own training because there really wasn't enough time to get, get into time to get into a completely different regimen of training. So they let us do our own training, especially the seniors. Uh, I was in the elite and then Sudev. Anis was also an elite. So Anis, Sudev, and elite. Uh, Anis, Anis, Sudev, and me, most uh, most of the time trained together. So we train on the same road that the state national. So I mean the state camp, state uh, championship was held at. And then, uh, it was like one two weeks of pretty hard riding. I I was in really good fitness at that point. Then I went to the nationals. The nationals just went. Um, a lot of shit started like going off the hinge. Like, people started getting food poisoning left and right. The travel was horrible, just jamming people into trains, and we we wouldn't uh, we don't have any extra seats for people and the bikes, right? Mm. So everybody, there's like twenty twenty four people, each with their own bikes, and some people even have two bikes. Uh, the first thing that threw me completely off the state camp was when I told them I needed to take two bikes, one for the road race and one for the TT. They were like completely foreign to this concept of having a separate bike for TT. They're like, why not? Everybody else is nobody does this. I, I've never seen uh, anybody use two bikes at the nationals. Why do you need two bikes? That was the question. So immediately I was thrown off because you're training all year for this for this one event, and then they don't really care about it. They, I think I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to talk too much trash about them. <laughs> if I start, I'm not going to stop. But still, uh, and then the food and the accommodation and the travel, all of that was pretty horrible. And uh, so they've got food poisoned. Akshay Kletis, he was focusing only on the time trial. He had recently bought a time trial bike. He only wanted to do the time trial. So he had uh, come third in the States. Usually it's the one and two that goes for the time trial, right? Mm. But Anis didn't have a TT bike, so he didn't want to do the time trial. So he give that, gave that position to uh, Akshay. He had bought a TT bike. He was training religiously on it. He came to the Nationals. And the one pr- event he prepared for, he was completely... Uh, down food with food poisoning. poisoning. Yeah, yeah he, he was. He didn't even leave the hotel room at that day. Mm. And oh, this is another thing on the nationals. The the place they gave us. Uh, what was his nationals? Nasik. So the place they gave us for the accommodation, super horrible. The toilets completely unusable. You cannot even step into the bathrooms. It's that bad. So this was this some kind of ashram, and all of us practically protested. And the state, uh, so we we offered to pay out of our own out of our own pockets to stay in an external hotel because we want to go to toilets. We don't want to go to a race with constipation. That's how bad the uh, bathrooms were. And then until the night, uh, like until the very night, I think we got there in the morning. This is another thing we had no idea about the race. I think we got there one day before the race, and. Uh, the juniors, they had never seen the race course before the actual race. The seniors, we saw a small part of the race. They let us go. We did a, like a small part of the race. We did a recce. Uh, so Dave, myself, Anis and all, uh, we did a small recce. But still, that's not enough. You have to really learn the course on an event like this. <laughs> and we asked to be moved to a different hotel. But then uh, the state camp people like post a huge amount of resistance to it. Uh, they're like, and... Uh, I, 
probably maybe I should have looked out for the juniors more, but then I, I also wanted to perform well in my event. So I asked them if I, I am a full grown man, right? These are small kids. So yeah, they, I can understand that they're concerned about their safety. I told, I told them, Sudev, me and all, we're like adults. Can we stay in a separate place? We'll pay out of our own pockets. No, uh, like, uh, please let us do this. And they wouldn't even concede to that. Uh, they just wanted us to stay with them. They're like taking out these old ass excuses of if something happens to you, uh, then we are going to be held responsible. Talking about like 26, 27 year old people. <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah, we practically protested. And the worst thing is, I wouldn't say the worst thing because it was still a good thing that happened. The day before the race, at some 7 p.m. or 6 p.m., they are telling us, okay, we can move. We, we have finally agreed. And th- this is, we should be getting, focusing on sleep and recovery and all the day before the race. And we are like moving to a hotel that is 2K, 2km from here. We're carrying our bikes. We are like jamming it into autos. And yeah, that, that was the day before the race. After all of this, uh, my Nats performance was not great. I think I came 16th or something in the Nats uh, ITT. Uh, so in the road race, uh, I hadn't had like a small crash situation. So I finished behind the bunch. So that was also not great. So I fell, in, fell into a l- little bit of a low period after the nationals. I felt like, what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> if this is all going to happen after a whole year of training, there was not a whole year of training, maybe like seven, eight months of training. Uh, Dude, this is like, you know, first year of I know, I know, I know. <laughs> you know, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, people train for years for this event. But I, I guess I had like a little too much of a big expectation of myself. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I could not perform up to my uh, level of expectation. And I got into a little bit of a low period. I focused a little bit more on work during that period. So after the Nationals, one, one and a half month period, uh, I didn't train much. I just ate to my fill. I got a little fat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, by fat, I mean like to my prior weight, my 77, 78 kg range right. from my 71, 72 that, was, that I was for the nationals. So 78, 70, uh, yeah, around there. But my fitness also dropped quite a bit. It's not just about the weight, right? right. It's also about the body composition. Mm. You can be 78 with a lot of muscle and you can also be a 78 with a lot of flab. So I, I think it was the latter, to, uh, like leaning towards the latter at that point. And then uh, that was a low point. And then uh, I did Tour of Takedy second edition. So for this one, I, I convinced the entire team to come over. This was me, Joel, uh, Sharia, Ben, uh, four of us. So three of us has to finish. And the fourth man is like a reserve rider. Uh, unfortunately, Sharia got into a crash in that race at the very beginning. The first hour or something, he got right. into a crash. Yeah. So then it was just up to me, Joel and Ben. So in the, during that race, uh, I had started training, uh, t- taking a training a little more seriously, maybe a month before the race. Because I know that I'm not going to like put myself through the hell that I put myself through the Last year before year. that. Yeah. I have to prepare for this a little bit. But then one month I couldn't bring my weight down that much. And then right before the race, carb loading everything. I did that tour of the at 80 kgs. So the year before I did that 77 kgs, this year I did it 80 kgs. So it was heavier. <laughs> it was, it should have been worse, but I knew a lot more about racing, nutrition, all that stuff. So it wasn't worse. I had a pretty decent time. Uh, I think I finished maybe 10 minutes behind Joel. Some 5.50 or something I got. 5.50, somewhere around there I finished. Which is a pretty respectable time for somebody at my weight, especially. No stopping for uh, yeah. food, no, no yeah. sleeping. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Sleep, uh, something about me is, I, until, uh, I think, in a couple of recent races, I have been able to sleep uh, maybe 4-5 hours. But usually for races, I'm completely sleepless. Until until these couple races, recent races, I've, I'm usually completely sleepless before races. For some reason, my body just refuses to sleep. I'm just 
too concerned about getting in enough sleep and then my body worries itself into not sleeping at all right. which is yeah <laughs> <laughs> so tour of the also was pretty much the same hmm. but uh, this was good motivation for me because even at 80 kg i did this whole ass climbing race 6 hour race and i didn't bonk at any point and i did almost all the climbs at like steady power i didn't fail towards the end i learned how to pace myself so in the on the first climb on the first long climb quite a few guys dropped me so but then i pulled them back one by one so these guys did the same thing that i did the year prior they went too hard in the beginning and then they faded afterwards so i started pulling them back in the end i finished fifth overall i think uh, abhinav finished first he finished in some like 520 518 then joel finished Joel was also not in the best climbing shape at that point. We were all just coming back from national, and Joel had the injury also, right? Right. During national, he had a crash. Yeah, he just recently started coming back. Hmm. His power numbers were there, but I, I think he was also on the heavier side, some seventy-five, seventy-six kilos at that hmm. point. So yeah, yeah. Uh, then Shaurya, Shaurya was the person I was counting on to have the best time. Correct. Shaurya, I felt could keep up with Abhinav also. I, hmm. I thought, but then he had the crash. So and <laughs> so me and Joel have already finished, and then. We, uh, the other people are finishing so we had team classification as well as individual classification individual classification abhinav won and after abhinav won the second person in the last the year prior all the competition was in the individual category so this year everybody thought they would be smart and they everybody entered the team category all the competition came in the team category this time there was absolutely no one in the single uh, in the individual category except for abhinav after abhinav finished at 518 the next person came after 1 hour <laughs> the second person came in 1 hour after that but the team uh, category was pretty competitive the team who came first was renju's team renju akshay kletus sudhi chandran who i believe had a crash or no not a crash some mechanical failure he had and there was this one guy called rajul he also had some mechanical troubles but i finished the race with him i outsprinted him at the end but still i finished fifth overall and so i am at the finish line with joel and then ben has to finish so these guys have already finished the first team has already come but the third team has not finished so three people have to finish right uh, it's not three people finishing they uh, they take the ranks and they add up the ranks the ranks of finishing ranks are the time not the time they do not consider the time at all oh. the position you finish in okay out of all the team entrants hmm. what position do you finish in so in the team entrants joel finished first uh, second i believe was akshay kletus then renju finished fourth was me in the team hmm. classification overall i finished fifth because hmm. i have came first right so i had uh, we had uh, the yeah two and three was renju's team then i finished with uh, uh, rajul he was a uh, f- fifth so sorry it's not rajul it's radul hmm. my bad my bad rajul is a completely different guy so it's radul so radul finished fifth so two three and five uh, renju's team has so that's a total rank of 10 now joel finished first i finished fourth so i finish, uh, we have a total of five and so we we are definitely going to be second because uh, a couple guys have already finished after that but the third place uh, the second place is not decided yet so we are making a phone call to ben ben haul your ass here get here as fast as possible <laughs> we want this money <laughs> we want second we don't want third the so first is gone and uh, ben i think was chilling a little bit at that point but then we asked him to haul ass and then he he really did a really good effort and he finished it he got us the second mm-hmm. so that that race was all the second place we got was from ben only that day <laughs> <laughs> so that happened and then uh, joel and shaurya uh, they they motivated me quite a bit during that race so joel uh, we we were having a conversation with his dad and all and uh, shaurya told me this is your, uh, so the first year okay that didn't go according to plan the nationals was a little bad but th- this is your second year you know a lot more about racing you have more experience so consider this your year you have to race more 
don't don't just drop it race more you'll start to win more so i took that to heart and then joel also gave me quite a bit of motivation at the end of the race so you're talking to his dad and uh, he he spoke to his dad like uh, yeah this is a super strong guy uh, like he has a very naturally he's naturally very strong he uh, like even without training he was pretty strong so all that convinced me to maybe <laughs> make another go for it and then a little bit up yeah, the week after that is the bar handicap race that we did hmm. so that race uh, i had already started dropping quite a bit of weight uh, i think i was maybe around 74 uh, yeah after tour of takri how many weeks after tour of takri was bar handicap race maybe a couple of weeks yeah couple of weeks i think two two weeks two weeks or three weeks stops hmm. but i had already started losing quite a bit of weight and joel doesn't agree with my methods of losing weight because i lose and gain weight really fast i think it also has to do with my the nature of my body it it just fluctuates quite a bit it's not that hard for me to gain weight i'm not the kind of person who just stays skinny year round without trying if i eat and if i don't exercise i'm going to get fat but on the flip same side, here dude same here but uh, you know as you age <laughs> like i'm um, now 45 plus uh, you it's very hard to <laughs> lose weight huh yeah, yeah i'm the metabolism yeah. is going to catch up yeah yeah but i've never had that like super high metabolism like people like shrinath and all right mm-hmm. they eat shit tons of food <laughs> he, he eats probably twice as much as i eat and he still says like a twig and joel is not some, somebody who's like that joel also can gain weight he has been fat right. at points in his life i have not truly been fat but that's only because i have been active all my life mm. if i let myself go and stop being active i'm going to get fat i'm sure of it right so i'm also kind of entrapped in this lifestyle <laughs> <laughs> i have to be active i have to put my body through a lot of stuff to stay fit but when i'm fit i am fitter than most mm. that's also on the flip side and i can get fit also pretty quickly my body swings either way pretty fast it can mm. get fat really fast it can also get skinny really fast and i think either way when it swings i don't lose a lot of power some people like immediately lose a lot of power right mm. so uh, i think my power is pretty like steady uh, it doesn't depend a lot on the weight uh, yeah so i had started losing weight for the bar race so i did the bar race bar race uh, you, you would know right joel and me did a, like a two man breakaway and we had a big uh, lead on the other guys right. yeah that was we finished in fine fashion <laughs> joel did a lot of the pulling that day i was my fitness was still not where it should have been uh, but yeah he let me have the win and that was great uh, it was great to watch you uh, both uh, you know, <laughs> go at it, it yeah. was nice and joel was in full on full on like let's destroy these other dudes <laughs> mindset he wanted a 5 minute lead or nothing else i i think you guys managed to fight yeah it was 5 minute lead only. Yeah. we got a 5 minute lead only yeah. it was 5 something or maybe 4 something four mm. high fours or low fives we got a uh, like pretty close to 5 minute lead mm. but i suffered quite a bit on that day uh, then i decided uh, so yeah I mean one big thing I have was that freedom of mobility so I I can work from anywhere so I wanted to maybe switch things up a little bit so I went to Ooty mm. 3 weeks I spent in Ooty at Srinath's place SL7 I spent there and I rode really religiously there uh 2 hours on work days and like 3 and a half 4 hours on the weekends and this would be all be like climbing right so I climbed and climbed and the alti- I I adapted to altitude really quickly also mm. So you are uh, you can really see it in your heart rate. Right. So the first couple of days the heart rate goes really high but then it starts sh- coming down. Uh I I'm still not sure how it dropped that much because uh, my heart rate for the same power once I got acclimated to the altitude was like 15 to 20 bpm lower than what's it at sea level. What's it at sea level? Mm. It got really low. 
like i'd be doing threshold efforts at like 154 bpm and i i could feel the effort in my legs but my hr still wouldn't rise i think it had to do with one the cooler climate and then the altitude obviously but i i acclimated pretty quickly and i really got hooked on the uti i mean uti is beautiful it's hard yeah, not to ride in uti yeah, heavenly when yeah. yeah especially there you know in good weather if it is not yeah, raining yeah. right the the yeah. first couple of weeks i was there there was practically no rain it was the ideal weather hmm. and uh, the shrinath space is also a bit outside the town of the main city so you can you can avoid the whole tourist situation there right. and it is peaceful So it's practically heaven for anybody who cycle cycling in South India and not been to Uti. Please do yourself a favor and go to Uti. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Srinath's place, uh, SL seven training, high altitude training is a great uh, yeah, yeah. way to get uh, into riding in Uti as well. Yes. Yeah. He he will be there to kind of guide yes. you and all that. He gives you routes. He gives mm. you like if you want the diet plans, he'll give you that. So any cycling requirement, he can meet from there. Yeah. So you'll get a lot of like experience and help from him. Uh, yeah, so the three weeks I spent in Uti, uh, I think that bumped my fitness up quite a bit even further mm-hmm. after the handicap race. So after I returned from Uti, I was in like full on destroy mode. <laughs> I want to, I want to race now. So I've been riding quite a bit. Uh, I, I think my fitness is where it needs to be. Now I want to race. So every weekend after that, I've been racing except for this one last weekend I took a break. But yeah, five five weekends after that I had continuous races. Uh, the sixth weekend, uh, yeah, I I took a break. Then again, uh, seventh, eighth, I I think yeah. So, how how did those races go? Yeah. So I uh, I won I did, everything. Huh? I didn't win everything. I got a podium and everything. <laughs> it, it was either winning or a podium and everything. So I I don't have a second place position yet. It's all either one or three. Which <laughs> <laughs> is a little weird if you think about it. But mm. the bar handicap race, I uh was one. Then there was what was the first one I did after that? Man. Uh, after coming back, you, I mean Hassan Hay Hassan race was uh, one thing in between. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I'll, I'll go in order. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I did was this race in Goa. Mm-hmm. So Goa was a race. Uh, the Equipe Goa race. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys went yeah. for that, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the LVP team went for that. Correct. Joel in Joel fashion had a lot of mechanical issues, and <laughs> he has the worst luck I've seen in any human being. <laughs> Uh, but you know he he yeah. he 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 pushes back really yeah. fast. Yeah. yeah, there's also another thing I admire about him. I've learned that from him as well. Hmm. Things don't necessarily go to plan, but you have to be ready to bounce back. Correct. Don't just get crushed whenever the slightest thing goes bad. Yeah. And the, after the nationals, right, the way he bounced back was like super impressive, eye opening to me. The crash was really bad. Yeah, it's it's one year of training that's gone in the blink of an eye, yeah. and then. The two weeks later, he was like doing forty six kmph on ITT mm-hmm. uh, in in the Merckx position. Merckx <laughs> position, yeah, yeah. That that was super, like impre- uh, like inspirational. Right, I'll say that. Mm-hmm. So there there was the, the Goa race. Goa race. Uh, after that, which one was it? Then I did a race in Kerala. After that, uh, yeah, the Churam race, the mm-hmm. Yanar Churam race. Mm-hmm. Oh, that that was a big one for me because uh, traditionally I I was a bad climber. But then the Uti period got me into the realm of a decent, good. I I would say even a good climber. So I I've been climbing every day. Slowly mountain goat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, slowly <laughs> transitioning from the buffalo slash goat to a goat. <laughs> and I was also uh, losing mad weight there. I think I was around seventy one, seventy ish around that point. So Goa race, uh, I came third. So Chinmay took the win. Uh, Jewel came second. I came third. Uh, then there was the Churam race, which I won. 
there was a Swamish from Cyclopedia who stuck with me till the end and then I outkicked him. Then I did the Hassan race. Uh, the Hassan race, uh, yeah, the, I'm very pleased with the third that I got in that because that the competition competition was completely different. Yeah, right? yeah. You have this dude, Rick, here. <laughs> then, again, obviously, Chinmay is super strong. Yeah. Uh, Joel, again, crashes. Mm. But, uh, yeah. Uh, but that, uh, until, uh, by that point, I'm, like, slowly learning to take control of races. You cannot be just, like, a passive observer of everything. You have to take charge in some situations. You have to control the outcome. And, yeah. Uh, so, towards the end, so, Rick and Chinmay are already gone. And I was in the bunch. Uh, I was pulling quite a bit. I mean, uh, I I pull a lot more than I need to in races because uh, I feel safer there. At the front, a lot less bad stuff is likely to happen, right? Accidents are a lot like less likely at the front, but you're also using a lot more energy. But for my physiology, I think that's a little more suited because I, I steady state power, maybe 220 watts for a long time is not a problem for me. But huge surges and uh, like trying to chase wheels, stuff like that. And... I feel like that's a good trade-off, but yeah, I'll, I'll have to learn to get a little more comfortable in the no, With more experience and more, uh, you know, more training and more situational uh, awareness, you know, yeah. awareness, you will, you will learn all this and you'll yeah. get better at all this. Yeah. yeah. So I have to obviously learn to be more conservative with mm. my energy in races rather than just riding in the front all the time. Uh, but I was riding a lot in the front, but uh, about 1 or 1.2 or 1, about 1.4 K2, I believe. I decided to attack. There was this slight riser. I attacked there. Uh, I got a separation. Uh, I held about 370, 380 for the last two and a half uh, minutes for that. Uh, and But then these guys were slowly pulling me back. So th- this is this is the race that I had the close finish with Sudevan. Hassan race. I'm turning back. I'm turning back like every 10 seconds I'm turning back to see who's coming. And every time I'm seeing Vincent, I think. Vincent from Equipe. He has, uh, he's like at least... 50 to 60 meters behind me. So it's no threat. I know that uh, he won't be catching up. And I turned back at least six, seven times. And at the finish line, suddenly this guy comes out of nowhere. I still have to know. To this day, I have no idea how I never saw him on all those times of looking back. But I think he hid in my blind spot. I, I was turning back in the same direction all the time. So I think he hid towards this side and I never noticed him coming up. Anyway, he went by me in a flash. And... Uh, for a long time, neither of us knew who won because it was that close. Even in the video, it was hard to make out. Yeah. We just had to rely on the... We had to look at the video like for 10, 10 times to kind of, you know, yeah. be certain. Yeah. Because if, if you see it in real time, it looks like Sudev obviously won. Right. Trailblazers had posted a story mm. about who do you think won. Everybody mm. said Sudev. Yeah. I think some 70% said Sudev. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. Was it is very easy to win, see. But if it was like the f- finish line was like another... Two centimeters out, yeah, he, he would have won. Have won. Yeah. yeah, because he was coming so much faster than me. Mm-hmm. But I luckily I clo- like crossed got, it slightly before that. Yeah, I got to the finish line. Because first. I started a little too early. Mm-hmm. That those one point four k's I've done. You me, were you were fading at that time, and yeah. he was like I was fading. fading. Yeah. I had faded like 400, 500 meters before the finish line. I was just holding on, yeah. and then this guy, he's mad crafty. He'll just stay behind. Boom! He'll go on a sprint. Yeah, yeah. So he'll just yeah, very good sprinter. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would say. And he's also like, yeah, I mean, these gifts have given him the, uh, these uh, Shaudia and all have given him the nickname Rocky because he can push himself to 120%. Hmm. I, don't, I don't think a lot of humans are capable of pushing themselves to that, the, the fringes of their own limits like that. I cannot. Uh, it's also, I think, has to do with my power profile because I'm good at like long steady state efforts, which you cannot just push yourself that hard in. But this guy, 
the first four or five races that I saw him in, after the after every race he was like plastered on the floor, dead kind of thing. Even the the Willington race, right? My first race, this guy was the guy who came third. So others came first, I came second. He won in the sprint, and he was on the floor. He was on the floor for like every race I saw him in. <laughs> so props to you today for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, after Hassan and what what else were you? Uh, after Hassan, which one did I do? After Hassan, I did another race in Kerala, uh, which was the cafe works at ITT was there. It was an ITT. Mm-hmm. But that, that was a really dangerous race. It's probably the most dangerous race I've done, uh, despite it being an ITT. ITTs are supposed to be safe, right? But this was on the Calicut Beach Road. And there was a lot of huge amount of traffic. It was on a Sunday mm. uh, beach road. And the problem is, people want to go to the beach. And this this road is parallel to the beach. So everybody that wants to go to the beach, they have to cross this road. So oh, there's a huge amount of pedestrians. Then there's this random lorries going along. So there was a quite a sketchy race. But then uh, those guys, they, they really don't have a better road to conduct an ITT on. Mm. I've, I've suggested to them to conduct a, maybe a road race. They have like good rolling terrain at a different part of the, a little remote from the city, which they can uh, use for like road, good road races. So yeah, I mean, even even if it is rolling, you can if it is not yeah, much traffic, yeah, yeah. you can do it can yeah. also. Yeah, but I I think the thing is on the uh, beach road is pretty simple to organize. So these are just like three four guys. Hmm. Cafe works chat is like a tight knit group of like bicycle enthusiasts and former racers and uh, racers now. Right, Anis Anis right. Uh, hmm. I told you about Anis yeah. who came second yeah. in the states. He's recently got married and uh, he's taken a slight step back from cycling for mm-hmm. a bit. But uh, he's super passionate about cycling. All these guys are super passionate about cycling and also the mechanicing side of it. So they, they want to build a racing culture in Kodi Code or Calicut as uh, yeah, the anglicized version of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so kind of like what BBCH has here. BBCH, they are like, there's no prices, right? Yeah. It's a big thing about BBCH races. Yeah. No prices, but still it pulls in races from all over the country. All over the country. Yeah. yeah. All the best races come from BBCH races. Yeah. They want to build a similar culture. So in Kerala, a lot of the races are too focused on the prize money. Mm. They don't want to race the race. They don't want to race for the win. They want to race for the money. And Cafe Workshat wants to change that a little bit. And they are trying to like bring their racing culture up. Regular races, regular ITTs. So I, I went for that. But when I got to win there, I mean, there was not much competition. The strong guys like Sudev and all, they were not there. Uh, what did I do after that? After the cafe workshop ITT, hmm. Nice. Starting to get too many to count. Oh, <laughs> there, there was this fun race in Palakkad. Hmm. Uh, this is called the Nanyo race. It had good price amount also. It's not like I don't I don't want the money. I mean, <laughs> I could use the money, <laughs> but still, I I enjoy the win as much as I enjoy the money. So I I would I will beat your ass for free and I'll beat your ass for money also. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Uh, so the Palka race, there was a rolling terrain. I, I feel like m- my strongest performance around rolling terrain rather than the purely fa- flat ones. I, I I think my power profile is a little bit of a puncher, not a pure roller. So on punchy, uh, small climbs, small descents kind of thing, I can I can really punch it up hard on the climbs and then chill on the descents. Rather than really flat ones, you have to just hold a steady power, right? Mm. I might be better at the punchier ones. So this course was suited for me. And there was like these shallow, long climbs. And my weight was also pretty low at that point. So I felt I had a good, really good shot at this. And Sudey was the person I thought was my real competition. Uh, and this is, it was also like bad roads. The roads were super bad. Narrow as well as bad. Uh, and it's a pretty technical course. Mm. It's not like a straight uh, road race or straight out and back. It's a loop and it's super technical. And uh, the roads are pretty bad in places. And there is... Uh, 
some of the bad roads they are on like descents mm-hmm. so you are going super fast oh, on that's super a bad roads uh, yeah it's yeah, a bad combination sketchy, yeah. yes super sketchy combination mm-hmm. descents and bad roads so but one thing i knew was i'm not taking sudeep to the finish line <laughs> <laughs> was it a mastered it's a mastered it's a mastered okay. yeah. yeah not a tt hmm. but i tt did yeah. that's what i did i went hard from the beginning and the first first section about 8 kilometers was a gentle ascent uh some 1% percent, 0.8% uh, overall but then parts get up to like 2 3% i went hard on it <laughs> i pulled one guy with me uh the salvan guy the super skinny hmm. tt that i told hmm. you about he's under 18 still i think 18 or 19 only so now so this guy pulled with me uh he stuck with me for like the first 10 kilometers then he had to drop off uh then i just tt my way to the end so that was a super fun race love is not new uh palakkad is also quite beautiful to ride in i'm i'm finding more and more that a lot of the places that i've just seen uh, uh when you look at the internet or something you just see the highlights right? right but you go into the countryside roads and there are still like really beautiful places if you're not looking at the uh, looking for the monuments or the buildings or the tourist attractions there's still a lot of natural beauty to be found in a lot of these places yeah and cycling is a great way to explore it you yeah, believe it or not even uh, if you just get out of bangalore yeah. you know hesar uh, yeah there are so many beautiful, beautiful roads yeah. and even this side uh, you know omar side just uh, off narsapura you go inside hmm. beautiful roads i, I really had to explore yeah. a lot of those roads yeah. because I, i'm kind of over highway riding now because i can do the same thing on a trainer yeah. uh, what you're doing on the highway is basically the same as you're doing on the trainer yeah. minus the traffic <laughs> <laughs> which is so which would be one point in favor of the trainer yeah. but a lot of these beautiful roads hesarkata side i've been to once yeah. or twice yeah. but a lot of the other sides i haven't so mm. i need to explore these roads in bangalore but even in kerala there are lots of nice roads bangalore yeah, weather absolutely. is yeah. yeah bangalore weather is i feel a little more suited for riding because kerala is super humid and hot year yeah. round yeah. uh but yeah uh, that was the palakkad race after the palakkad race i think i took yeah i think i, I took uh, one week rest after the palakkad race by rest i mean i didn't race <laughs> i wasn't really resting resting uh, even in that weekend uh, i i wanted to go on a long ride and i hadn't rode in the rain for a while i i like riding in the rain i i super like riding in the rain it's just the, all the maintenance that comes along with it right. that i it's a little the cleaning like, after the cleaning up afterwards then mm. your bike also gets damaged quite fast if you ride in the rain a lot right other water and the grit and grime gets into these right. hard to reach places mm. and the maintenance cadence is like fast and like uh, yeah sped up a lot right. if you're riding in the rain <clears throat> uh let me have a little bit of water <laughs> yeah, yeah so um how how is the racing there uh, in kerala uh, i mean there seems to be a lot of races happening uh, nowadays right it's it's starting to pick up hmm. i would say it's on the come up hmm. uh, so maybe 5 or 6 years ago if you wanted to race regularly you had to come to bangalore yeah but these days races are popping up so all these individual clubs right right they want to make a name for their own clubs hmm. so it's kind of self interested in that respect but it's also no, good for the community yeah, yeah. For, the community, for the community right yeah. yeah it's great to build a regular racing culture uh and yeah uh, i think out of the last eight races at least four i have done in kerala only hmm so a good amount of races there yeah uh back in the day it used to be like uh we would have this in ernakulam in kochi i mean we don't ha- really have roads suited for conducting races mm. it's either the highway or just that wellington road which mm. is like a 2.5 km km loop which mm. is not really fun to <laughs> race on yeah it's a little monotonous mm. racing like that uh yeah so i would definitely say the kerala racing scene is on the come up yeah so now uh, uh after your break uh, another two races or how how many did you do 
uh, this was the first race after the break. Uh, no, wait, was it? No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> so after the break, uh, yeah, this was my two two race weekend. Oh. My two race weekend was, and not even in the same venue. This one in Bangalore, one in Mysore. Oh. So, uh, I, I they were like pretty short events. So it was not as taxing as it would be if I did like two long ass races on. Uh, the same weekend but the first was the monthly course event the monthly course event last right, week the indoor, uh, the indoor race, event yeah. it was super awesome that event was, that was super yeah yeah uh, I, I, I mean it, the... it 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 is a lot of work to be honest yep. uh, for the organizers mm-hmm. more than the participants and uh, really kudos to the team like Shaurya Ashwin Ben and everyone who was involved to, in setting up Hmm. everything right it is really a lot of work hmm. uh, the back end and also on the uh, you know day of the race to may ensure that there are no technical glitches yeah. of, of course the rgt used to crash like yeah. every other so minute, but, think, think of yeah. these two people who are like racing on separate screens and separate right. devices but it was so much so much fun both the for the participants and, and for the us yeah. who went there to just watch it was so much fun super, I, I think super uh, I, I think now that the event has caught some uh, steam yeah I, I think there'll be bigger participation next time and we'll also have more hands helping yeah yeah you will need more hands helping I mean I guess more trainers or and st- st- yeah, stuff yeah. like that because we, yeah. because it takes a lot of time a lot of time yeah, yeah. That, that's one thing I noticed because I wish that more people participated in this but then the problem is if more people had participated we would have it never would finished on like schedule event yeah so I think we had the right number of participants for this time. Yeah. But it, I think it puts the indoor racing on the map. Yeah, it, it, it definitely is an awesome experience yep. for everyone. The thing is, uh, when you're racing out on the road, you don't really get to feed off the energy of the audience, right? Mm. Nobody's watching. Yeah, you're yeah, suffering yeah. on your own or uh, you're just like bickering or quarreling or shouting curse words at your fellow <laughs> racers. It's all aggression and there's nothing positive to like, uh, like feed off of. But this audience cheering for you uh yeah it was like a right full... in your ear as well <laughs> it was a proper mosh pit experience for me uh, so that yeah it was fun and uh, you right after uh the uh, event you yeah. you and won that out. and you head out headed out to Mysore. Mysore yeah. so uh i had so shaurya told me that the event would be closing at 6 p.m which didn't happen hmm. uh, we really had to cut the final round short hmm. to make that happen even the yeah, I think it finished around 6.15, 6.30, I think. Correct, yeah. But even to make that happen, we had to cut short the final events to just sprints. Mm-hmm. The first rounds were really long. Right. We had a time trial, we had a sprint, we had a hill climb. Mm. So we cut that short to just the sprints, which was not really good for me because I'm not going to be a good sprinter. <laughs> well, you managed all right? I, yeah, yeah, it was a uh, like 30-second sprint. Mm. Still fairly a long duration for sprint. With 10-second sprint, Zishan, Zishan would have smoked me. Yeah. But 30-second sprint, I could manage. Yeah, I... God, with them, I, I held a steady power for that. Mm-hmm. I think I paced myself really well. Zishan, I think, was fading towards the end. I held a good amount of power for that duration. Mm-hmm. Steady power as well. So because 30 seconds to hold a steady power, is, I don't think it's easy. Like uh, Longer durations, you, you kind of... You took him in the last five seconds yes. or something. Up, yeah. up until the... So, in the beginning, I had kind of like a weak start. So, Zishan was already uh, ahead of me when I started. I took a little bit of time to get up to speed. He, I think, started... He had a higher peak than me. Hmm. I think he did some uh, 900,000 even the, at the start. Hmm. My peak was some 850 or something. But uh, but then I was slowly clawing my way back. And then in the end, he started fading. And then Srinidhi was shouting my ear to get out of the saddle. Uh, I was also starting to fade a little bit. In the end, I could see my power dropping. 
but then uh, he started shouting my ear to get off the get out of the saddle and i still wasn't on my drops i still was on my hoods so which is not the best way to get out of the saddle and sprint i'm i'm super awkward at sprinting if you see me sprinting it it always looks like i'm sprinting for the first time <laughs> on the bike sprinting but i will improve there yeah that's, yeah, that's yeah, one yeah, area yeah, i have to improve yeah, on yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i was i yeah i aged out uh, zishan in the last couple seconds so super satisfying victory for me and then i had to immediately scramble to go to mysore so my bus was at 8 pm and it was this was from satellite this bus was from satellite which is a good how many kilometers i don't know uh good shantinagar right it's it's yeah. at least not shantinagar hmm. it's in satellite okay it starts from satellite all the shantinagar buses were full fully booked out so satellite is the other corner of the city right oh. you had to go quite a long way there so it was uh, i think maps was showing one hour at least on hmm. uh, by car yeah, yeah. so i booked a cab i did the math i figured i'd be cutting it pretty close but i had to take the chance i got there i had another rider with me who was tagging along uh, a junior rider called ashish so i did that uh, went to mysore I did the itt right the next morning so we, i got like 3 4 hours of i slept pretty well that night though not long it was pretty good sleep uh, and the since i've started like racing regularly i've gotten my nutrition and all on point so i know what my body can handle i know what my uh, so my my go to food before races is like chocolate milkshake plus muesli my stomach can really agree with that i i really feel the difference when i'm racing also when i'm properly fueled with that mm. either chocolate uh chocolate milk or some something chocolate flavored i'm a big sucker for chocolate flavored mm-hmm. stuff and a big sucker for chocolate ice cream mm. i have a huge a sweet tooth as well <laughs> like i i so there's a lot of suffering right there's a lot of suffering in food control i obviously have to portion control to maintain my weight but then one <clears throat> vice i let myself in uh, to is like ice cream i like to have ice cream at least once uh, once in two days or something i have an ice cream and let myself have that <laughs> little bit of pleasure <laughs> nice. so i did the uh, yeah chamundi itt uh and it was a super tight podium it was the first and uh, second place so yeah i'll tell you the times first place was uh, dev jagdish he came in uh, 10:38 second place was somish it was uh, 10:42 third place was me 1044 so within yeah. six seconds first and third i was like super tight podium i was a little disappointed but uh yeah jo- uh, joel and i had a discussion about that tt i was not placing it super smartly i went super hard in the beginning shouldn't have gone that hard so i was doing like some 360 watts for the first four minutes or something and then it started dropping at like uh in some periods in the middle or towards the middle end i was doing like, like some 290 or something there was way too Mm. this is a short itt it's okay. like a 10 minute or 11 minute itt for me right yeah it's like a 10 minute 1037 effort right mm. so i should have had a little more steady power <clears throat> but yeah it was badly paced and yeah uh, they've had the better day that day so kudos to him for that uh so that that was last week uh there was this last week uh the mysore itt i came third and then <clears throat> this was another one this right. week i had my <laughs> qualms about doing another race this weekend but then nandi race uh, i i really like <laughs> nandi climbing and i really like right. racing i had to do this one i also had an option to go to chennai so there's this ma uh, mrc event yeah, mrc event, event yeah. uh, double header i think the, you know, they have a... they canceled one of the events oh okay there were two yeah. events one road race and one mercus tt i was mm. really interested in the mercus tt mm. because uh, i don't know uh, mercus tt i feel we feel uh, like puts everyone on the level playing field otherwise it's a huge advantage to people who have the tt bikes mm-hmm. so mercus tt is like a purer form of tting i feel 
and joel is also like a big proponent of <laughs> mukhek singh dds and he'll do it against guys on dd bikes also yeah. i don't think i'll do that mm. uh unlike unless like the competition is completely outmatched unless i'm that that much stronger than the competition if they have dd bikes i, I want to at least use aero bars mm. i know that the advantage that it gives me but uh yeah so mukhek city i kind of wanted to do but then i looked at the travel amount of travel that i would be having to do to do that race so this is not even chennai uh this is about 2 hours from further from chennai oh is it yeah, yeah. the oh, venue okay. for the race is 2 uh, two hours out from chennai or something uh what what's this place called tirupur tirupur uh, oh. not entirely sure about the right. place anyway yeah it's mm. it's well removed from the city mm. so then also bangalore is somewhere i'm really familiar with right i have a lot of people here i i can uh, the, on short notice also i can like work something out mm. if i want to stay or if i want to mm. so that kind of thing I felt like Nandi would be the better choice, and I I was also in like good climbing shape, yeah. So I made the plunge. I just booked one day before. Uh, yesterday yesterday morning was when I booked for the race. Yesterday morning was when I booked for the bus. Uh, luckily there were train tickets. Oh, this time it was not a bus. Usually I'm on buses, but this time I came on a train. Yeah, that that was super hectic because. Uh, let's talk about today's race. Yeah, yeah. Let's go for. Yeah, this this was one of the more. hectic experiences for me because usually races happen on sundays mm. but this one was on a saturday right which it had to be because nandi is uh, like hell on sunday if you want to ride on nandi don't do it even on saturdays nowadays yeah, yeah. saturdays also anyway. but then sundays are on a whole other level mm. but it had to be on a saturday morning so uh, i'm noticing it quite at the last minute uh until the last minute i'm thinking this is a sunday but then somebody points it out to me that it's on a saturday so then i immediately had to book because usually uh, when i come to bangalore i take a 7 pm bus 7 pm bus gets here around 6:30 am then i have a little bit of time uh, and i have whole of that saturday to chill i can get some recovery or some uh, like slow ride in yeah. and then i can do the race the next day sunday which works out perfectly for me but saturday race i left at 5:30 pm yesterday 5:30 pm i had to make an excuse at work and leave early and then i had to attend further calls in the train <laughs> <laughs> i made an excuse for 1 hour or 1 and a half hours and i got got on the train uh and then the train was quite comfortable it was an ac uh, uh, ac train so the travel was quite comfortable uh, more so than buses because buses usually i pick these recliners uh but train uh, you can actually uh, like yeah kick back kick and sleep. back and sleep yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got pretty good sleep also on the train. Hmm. Uh, I I think I like sleeping on trains also. The slight swaying and movement it has, it's it's kind <laughs> like of like a, a, a rocking, kind of like a cradle, yeah, a rocking cradle. Yeah. <laughs> so and also the the noise of the train, right? It's hmm. kind of like white noise. Correct. It shuts correct. out all the other noises. So I slept on the train. Got here at what? Uh, four four a.m. I got here. I stopped in the station for a bit to get some fueling in, because. I tend to have this habit of not uh, like starving myself a little bit before climb races, especially since it's a, a like short race, right? Mm. So I don't really have to carb load or anything for such such a short race. So uh, I was a little low on my yeah in, in the fuel tank yesterday. So in the morning, uh, yeah, I fueled up at the railway station. Then the next challenge was getting to Galleria Mall. So I waited the station for a bit. I mean, outside the station for a bit for a bus, and eventually an airport bus came. Got on the bus, got to Galleria Mall, uh, and I had to do a bit of walking also. Mm. After I got down, and this is all with this huge bike bag. I have three bags. I have a wheel bag, I have a bike bag, and I have a shoulder bag for my personal stuff. So usually it used to be it used to be two bags until I got the wheel bag. The reason I got the wheel bag, I have like this whole system of traveling and racing now. If anybody wants to follow in my footsteps, feel free. <laughs> 
So I, I do a lot of tra traveling and racing on my own. So I have to make it work on my own. And I almost like invariably use public transport. Hmm. I, I don't drive that much, which is a, which is a kind of like a byproduct of me riding too much. So I've, I've ride so much to the point that I, my driving skills have deteriorated to where <laughs> I'm not confident with my own driving. So yeah, that, that's, that's why uh, almost all, all inevitably use a public transport, uh, either buses or trains. So I, uh, usually I have to spend a lot of time packing the bike in the bag because I have the frame, then the two wheels inside the bag. But that, when you're doing that, there's a chance of the wheel rub, rubbing against the frame. Yeah. And, all that, yeah. and I, I don't want frames on my scratch. I mean, mm. scratches on my frame. <laughs> my OCD wouldn't let me have that. So I, I'll mummify my entire bicycle before every travel. Which is a lot of hassle though. I don't really have like one and a half. One, one Wrapping half. the frame yeah, and all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. So I wanted to cut down on that time. So uh, since I'm working and I'm doing all this stuff, Time optimization is like very important for me. Everywhere I can cut corners in like time utilization, I have to do it. So to so like a solution to that, I, I bought a wheel bag. So now I can pack the wheel separately. Uh, so the bike frame goes into the bike bag and I can also fit some other stuff in there, some clothes and all, so that the shoulder bag is not too heavy. Yeah. And then I have the wheel bag for the wheels. So there's no problem of scratching stuff. And I, I don't have to go that heavy handed on the frame wrapping. I can just uh, like cover the important parts like the drivetrain and a few parts like if I wrap, I'm good. So that's there. Uh, the downside is now I have three bags to carry. Right. So now I have, otherwise my hands would be free. I'd, I'd have the bike bag on my back and I had the shoulder bag in the front, but my hands would be free. But now I have a wheel bag with me. So it's a little unwieldy when you're in like trying to cram yourself into trains and all. You have three bags, so you cannot get it all in, in one go. You have to put the bike back inside, then you have to get the wheel back inside. So all that happens, all that logistic stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but I make it work. Hmm. And then in the morning, I had to get the bus. Uh, I had to get down, then I had to walk around a kilometer to get to the venue. It's around 5.20, 5.15 by the time at the venue. And then I have to, I have about 45 minutes until the event starts. According to the, uh, like, the event organizers, the event would have started at 6 p.m. Uh, 6 a.m. 6 a.m. Yeah. yeah. So until 6 a.m. I had 45 minutes and I opened the wheel bag and my front tire is completely flat. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. So I, I don't have time to deal with the shit <laughs> in 45 minutes. Even the bike assembly in 45 minutes is like super tight for me. And then uh, I had to like uh, do some uh, like nutrition stuff. I had to fill the glucose water. I mean, 45 minutes is not enough to do that. Mm. Oh, all that stuff. So I, I fixed the bike, fix up the bike except for this front wheel and I take it to the guy to fill air. I'm thinking this is like maybe some leakages happened. Maybe the valve was not tightened properly. I'm, I'm hoping for the best. That was just a small human error. I take it to this guy to fill air, the official uh, mechanic guy. And then he tries filling air, air is not going in. And this is on the new tubeless wheels that I've got from Shaurya. Oh. And to be honest, it's been giving me a little bit of a problem, <laughs> reliability problems. Uh, I think I might just put regular tubes on it. <laughs> Tubeless is just, I, I don't know, I don't know if it's worth the trouble for me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I, on road bikes, I don't know, uh, I don't have the confidence yet to try, but on, mm. um, you know, mountain bikes, mountain not, yeah. bikes and gravel. Yeah, maybe in that context, it's better suited, but because puncturing and uh, like sealing again, is that that much of an often, I mean, a frequent occurrence in road bike, uh, road biking? I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, it happens. Mm -hmm. When it happens, it happens often. But uh, yeah. yeah. So how did you manage to uh, deal with it? Yeah, I'll, uh, so I'll get that story out. So this, this is the first thing. He cannot fill air in it. 
Then I take a closer look at it, and I find that the the valve, right, is completely broken. Oh, so that, that's what happened. So, yeah. so the the day prior, yesterday, before I started the travel, I had filled air in this. But when I was filling air, it was not going. In. The air was not going in, so it was gunked up sealant. So I had to clean the sealant from the valve core. I took the valve core out. I took the valve core out with the uh, pliers. So I didn't have a valve core removal tool. So I did it with the pliers. So I think I held on the uh, the the valve itself when I was removing the valve core. Mm. So the part of it was slightly broken. I put the valve core in. I filled the air. It was all fine and dandy. And then until I got the wheel out of the bag and it's completely flat. And then I checked closer and the valve is broken. Mm. There's, there's nothing to do there. I cannot change the tube because it's all full of sealant. Right. Uh, the the official help guy asked me if he wanted to. Ch- I mean, if I wanted to change the tubes, I, I knew that there was not enough time for that one. So the only option was for me was to get someone's spare wheels, and uh, I saw a low studio guys there, and they graciously helped me out. Uh, they didn't have to, but uh, yeah, that's not, super if, nice. Yeah, yeah. If, if I didn't get those front wheels from them, I wouldn't have raced today. I would have just been punching the air in the <laughs> gallery more. But yeah, so super thanks to you guys for that. Uh, that's the thing with uh, the biking community, right? Yeah. You know, they know that you are their main, you know, yeah, main competitor. The main competitor for the <laughs> event also, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, but still, it, they, they help. Out. They help uh, you know, that's, that's, we see that all the time in the cycling yeah. community. That's the great thing. About it. Because yeah. this was his spare wheel, right? Yeah, yeah. He had a valid reason to not give me that because, because if something he, might had, need yeah, it. he might get yeah. a puncture, he yeah. might need it yeah. during the race. Right. And they had all the support vehicles and also they had people to supply them with extra wheels and all. He right. didn't have to do that for yeah. me. But yeah, so a big shout out to those guys for me. Mm. Vishudev was the rider who gave me the uh, wheel. Nice. So, and then I put it on. So, and th- then the event has already started. That's another thing. So, the first part of the event is like a free ride until right the starting to point. The start of the I think it's about 18 kilometers. Mm. 18 kilometers until the toll where it starts from. It's an 18 kilometer, uh, what's it called? Neutral zone. Neutral uh, zone. Yeah, neutral zone. Uh, yeah, fun ride. Mm. I think they call it a fun ride as well as neutral zone. So, I, I don't know how long they're going to wait at the neutral zone. I mean, at the uh, end of the neutral zone, which is the st- race start. So I, I, I'm already like five, six minutes behind them when I'm starting. So I gun it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm gunning it. Uh, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, there are guys who know that I'm, I'm going to be serious competition. So they might push the start early so that I'm, I'm not at the start line when it starts. <laughs> All this stuff I'm conjuring up in my head. I'm I'm doing like some 43 kmph average to get there. <laughs> Proper tempo slash threshold effort I did for some 15 efforts. Then I slowly start seeing these guys who are in the race. Uh, then I got a little relieved. I slowed down the pace a little bit. And then we end up waiting at the start line for like 10-15 minutes. So I didn't really yeah. have to do that. But then... Yeah. Because it's a good warm up though. Yeah. <laughs> Short race. So it's fine. Hmm. Didn't take that much of a toll on me. And I got, also got some recovery period. Hmm. And the race itself. Uh, it started... More com- at a more comfortable phase, uh, like pace than usually happens in Bangalore racing, which is usually due to guys like me and Joel. Only we are the <laughs> guys who like to gun it from the start. But t- this day I was in a more conservative mood. I didn't want to like super gun it from the start because one, I was uh, looking at a g- I wanted to get a good Nandi uh, Nandi time. I was in good climbing shape. I knew that I could get a. I I didn't know that I could get a PR per se, but. Uh, because I don't know, because it wouldn't be a steady state effort, right? Mm. I would ha- I knew that I would have somebody with me and they would be attacking and it would be like a surgy effort up Nandi. So I wasn't going for a PR, but I still wanted to do a decent time on Nandi. Some 23 something, 24 something I wanted to do. So, uh, and I also didn't have any teammates to work with. So there were two teams working. So there was Velo Studio team, 
then there's this uh, new team from Srinidhi. I it's CBR. 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 I think. I think the cycling brain something. Right. Yeah. CBR is the name of the team. And then there's Trailblazers. They have all these competing teams, and none of the LBB guys were up to uh, it for this race. So I was just doing it alone. And then, uh, so I, I'm alone. So I'm in a little bit of a conservative mode, and I I kind of studied the field line and know that there are more like more than like two three guys who I cannot keep up with on a climb. So who might uh, drop me on a climb? So Imad I know has a much better time up Nandi than I do. So Imad I do might drop me on the climb. Then Dave Jagdish. He had obviously dropped. Uh, I mean, he had obviously beaten me the week prior, right. so he was also a really good competition up the climb. These are the guys I, who ended who I ended up going up Nandi with. Uh, but then, uh, the the traffic and the road conditions also made it so that even if I attacked and got a got a break, I might have to like slow down uh, at the next bumper yeah. or the next traffic, and they just catch up. So it was in my best interest to keep the effort a little steady and not too surgy. <laughs> so most of the uh like parts of the race until the base of the climb. Was the steady, uh, steady like fast group ride pace. Uh, some some attacks were thrown, like Velo Studio threw some attacks. Uh, some odd other attacks were there, and I also threw a little like some parts of the race. The pace got really slow. It got annoyingly slow. Like, uh, with the tailwind, we were going at like thirty four, thirty five, and all, <laughs> which was a little annoyingly slow on the highway. Uh, that's a really fast highway, right? I I was catching up to them at like forty three kmph. I don't want to do thirty four kmph on a race, so I I uh, like threw some random attacks here and there. Just to keep to spice things up and keep things interesting, and there was also one final attack. I think Velo Studio threw uh, at at the Nandi warm up, Nandi warm up, or a little before that, somewhere on the uphill sections leading up to Nandi base. Mm-hmm. But then none of those stuck. Eventually, everybody bunched up together. I think there were some. I mean, the a lot of riders had fallen behind before that itself. But the strong ten fifteen guys, we just stuck together till the base. Then we started going hard at the base. Uh, Imad Imad was there. And uh, Dave was there. We started going up hard, uh, and I I was in the front most of the time. So I'm looking back and I'm seeing riders drop one by one. The heavier riders obviously cannot keep up. <laughs> and then after a bit, it was just the four of us. So it was Imad, Dave, myself, and Feroz. Hmm. Uh. Then I I try to keep the pace at something that's manageable for me. I don't want to go too hard because. Uh, the initial part of Nandi is quite shallow, right? Right. So you can go quite fast, and you can get a good draft benefit by staying mm. behind someone. Mm. So if I'm going super hard on that part, these guys, they, these guys, I I figured they they were not gonna go in the front. Right. I I did this a couple times, and no one was going to the front. So I figured I'd have to do most of the pulling, and I don't want to pull too hard because one, I don't want to give them a draft advantage, and two, I want to keep something in the tank for a kick at the end. I know that I have a good kick at the end. Mm. A good an anaerobic capacity I have, so I want to kick at the end. I want to leave something in the tank, so I do like a comfortable low threshold kind of effort, low to mid threshold, and these guys are there. Uh, I I know that I'm not gonna drop these guys at that kind of effort, but I'm still counting on my ability to kick at the end. Uh, so, uh, Feroz I think drops off a little after that. So then it's just the three of us. I know all these both like both of these guys are quite strong. I'm not gonna drop them until I make a serious effort. But then I didn't want to. So this is like a whole chess game, right? Because <laughs> it is. I mean, road racing yeah. is like that, right? This properly felt like a chess game to me because I don't know if these guys are at their limit. I don't know if they are saving something for the end or something in the tank. So I don't know if it's my it's in my best interest to go hard at this point because they might just end up catching to me, and then sit behind me again, and then I'll burn a match. I don't want that to happen. So I uh I think 
Dave threw a minor attack somewhere in between at some of the no. There was a small attack thrown by Imad. So this is two dips, right? After the second dip, Imad threw a minor attack. Right. But then we responded. Both of us responded to that. Uh, so we bunched up together again. Then we went up. Uh, yeah, the final really steep pass. The Nandi's Nandi horn, Nandi's horn, and the last couple hairpins. Imad threw threw an attack about uh, two hairpins or three hairpins down. He threw an attack. I think turn thirty seven. I think he threw threw an attack. Right. Uh, so I I thought he uh, if he had kept up that that power that he was putting at that point till the end, then he would have definitely dropped me. But then uh, I I think he went a little too early. But uh, so I responded to that. I responded to that, and and he I I I think he gassed out a little after that. Uh, then I threw my counter attack. I did a like a really solid effort. Uh, so. These are the moments that decide the races, right? So until then, I've been fairly comfortable. But then, so my mind is also telling me maybe settle for second or third. It's not too bad to lose to either of these guys. They are known to be good climbers. I'm a bigger guy. I can afford to lose this. I I don't need the first. This is all the mind is telling me at that point. Right. Before the race, I was like, take the win. Yeah. But then when when you're hurting a little bit, your body tells you to slow down a little bit. Maybe right. you don't need all that stuff. Maybe a podium is good enough. Maybe <laughs> not the first. So my mind is telling me this, but then you have to dig into that place of where you're really uncomfortable. Those few ten, twenty seconds is what decides the game. So I dig in for like a good fifteen seconds, fifteen twenty seconds up the. I think from thirty eight I started, thirty eight, thirty nine, forty. Right. So thirty eight is here, thirty nine yeah. is here, forty is here. From thirty eight, uh, then the part is fairly steep also, so it's a good place to put a lot of power in. I I think I did some. Uh, so I didn't have the power meter today. I did. I think I did a good five hundred watts effort at that point. And yeah, uh, dropped these two guys and got the win. <laughs> nice, nice, very well done, very well. Done. Yeah, thank you. So, what you know, in the span of this one year, hmm. you have been like we just talked about. You've been racing a ton uh, recently, and that's the best way to learn as well. Yep. Gain gain experience and learn, right? Um, it is not uh, very often that we get the chances to uh, race that often. Mm. Uh, so BBC uh, happens. Road racing happens uh, once every uh, couple of months. Mm. Uh, alternate months are uh, for MDB. Um, there are uh, bar races happen once a month. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we had chance to race every week. If it is there, hmm. you better take it, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, luckily, you had that uh, with uh, races in yep. Kerala, and you are able to. You got a system where you are able to travel with yeah. your bike and all that. So that's that's a great way to learn, ex- hmm. gain experience because these are all the things that you um, can use to. like uh, you know dial in your uh, nutrition dial in your you know, first of all dra- dialing your uh, travel uh, you know process yeah, I, I, and everything I think right? a lot of like carry over to real life as well it's not just the biking that's improved by this right exactly. i i've gotten really comfortable with uh, traveling in general hmm. i i think my stomach has gotten really comfortable with uncomfortable i mean like unfamiliar food so i i, re- I rarely get food poisoning or something like these days hmm. uh, even if i'm eating from places i haven't eaten before this wasn't the case when i was back in college the first time i moved away from school that was in college uh, for the entirety of the first 6 months or 7 months i constantly got sick it was mostly down to the different food and the different surroundings so 
the amount of toughness and the amount of resilience the kind of those like intangibles Definitely. that this builds right yeah, yeah. this will carry over a lot into all spheres of life not yeah. just cycling yeah that's something i value a lot definitely definitely i couldn't agree more so all these things will kind of uh, like you're saying uh, you know outside the the cycling itself there are a lot ton of learnings that you can uh, rake up and in cycling also you know obviously the racing yeah. the racing tactics and all this stuff you yeah, can yeah i tell you this because yeah. in my first year of cycling most of my good results were in tts hmm. because i i had the power and i had the fitness hmm. but i didn't know how to race right. so part of it was down to the bad bike that i had i, I wouldn't say bad bike trivand is not a bad bike <laughs> i still use it on the trainer yeah. no not as good bike that i had <laughs> but part of it was also not uh, no not knowing what to do in a race exactly. where to be so you you in some places you might be saving a lot of power in some places in the race but then you are boxed in you mm. cannot respond to attacks well mm. so you have to know where to be in positioning yeah positioning is re- it's yeah. really important if somebody is looking likely to make an attack if the, is, this guy is looking likely to make an attack you don't want to be boxed in inside deep in the bunch right. you want to be able to respond to that so it's a these trade offs and all you have to learn there is a turn to learn yeah. there is so much uh, you know that we can get better at and it is not something you can learn from a book also exactly because every situation is different right. it's it's something that has to be like wired into the instinct of the person right we Over can time. watch we can watch ton of videos ton of race analysis videos and all that they help Yeah. it's not that they don't yeah. but nothing like the race actually yeah, because racing yeah because it's not just about making the plan in the head right the right. body also has to execute that plan and exactly. your mind has to be in agreement with the body so watching the videos might help with the mind part of it mm. but then the body agreeing with that and knowing if the body can agree to that if you make a plan in your mind all of that comes only with racing yeah like you were talking about right it's also like a lot like a chess uh, yeah. you know game <laughs> when you are uh, you know in a road race especially it's all so much chess uh, on the road chess yeah. on the road right so and tt is a different beast altogether it's so much about uh, your mental dialogue your yeah. you know your pacing individual suffering yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and yeah some amount of pacing has to be there because you have to know how to ride a course and where to put the power in like i said the ascents and descents those parts and the winds yeah. you have to take into account there's a lot of details involved but then it's still a pretty much an individual event it it is and you know they, i mean even if you get into the uh, tt uh, you know really get geeky into that hmm. it is so much you can yep, actually yep. explore yeah. right uh, so someone like nj that's what he does yeah. <laughs> he eats numbers for breakfast <laughs> numbers for dinner and <laughs> so the wind direction the you know humidity everything, everything if he yeah. has to go and do a calm effort on nandi where is the wind coming from yeah. is the, what is the humidity Nand- is that, is what is the right you have to do right the right time. analysis because yeah. nandi is not like a super steep climb right. super steep climb it's mostly dependent on your power and just yeah. your weight yeah. it's a very simple first degree equation right. but on on a shallow climb like nandi and it's not even like steadily shallow the mm. first part is shallow then the second part is steep so you have to know exactly where to put the power in you have to know exactly where to go fast you have to know exactly where the wind is coming from and again it's not like a one directional thing right, right. it goes this Keeps. way it goes this way and then there's a couple of hairpins yeah. so <laughs> it's a complex equation there right right so yeah i mean you you've been doing great uh, great first year but uh, you know you're learning a ton but 
uh, I have already seen, uh, I mean, from what I heard uh, from you, that when things don't go wrong, uh, don't go as planned, like your first nationals, it's very important to, you know, uh, stay equanimous. Like, yes. you know, like, you know, you talked about learning from Joel. It's not how many times you fall. It's how many times you get Keep up again. Out, yeah. So keep that in mind uh, it is not easy at all yeah. cycling is a really really hard sport you will see a lot of ups and downs um, so stay in there hang in there keep doing the, the thing is it's always the really passionate people who are also the most broken down when something bad happens right? exactly because you feel everything at that much stronger yeah right? Right? You are so Somebody emotional. Somebody care that much would also not be broken down that much. Exactly. But when you're really passionate about something. <laughs> exactly. You know, you are so emotionally charged. It's so, you feel everything that much, you know, At 10x. some points, you have to be that external observer. And yeah. then just evaluate your emotions from a distance yeah. and make a logical decision. <laughs> that thing has to be done. Exactly. You know, you as you as you get more of these experiences, you will learn also. Yep that aspect also uh, i'm just you know putting it out there yeah. so that you again kind of... something that has a lot of carryover to real life right not the cycling <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah great great stuff man and uh, i wish you all the very best uh, for the future what what uh, what is there on the menu for the upcoming stuff i'm uh... Yeah, so the nationals I'll definitely be doing. Mm. National games also, I'm going to make a go for it. Mm. I mean, I think the selections happens based on the last year's national. So if the state agrees to it and they agree to send me, I'm definitely doing the national games as well. Okay. So I have to dial in the training uh, training for that. Uh, so I might have to uh, like whittle down on the racing a little bit because when you're racing and traveling every weekend, the yeah. training cannot happen as fluidly or as smoothly as it should. True. So closer to those events, I might, yeah, uh, come down on the race a little bit, come down on the racing a little bit. But uh, in the immediate near future, there's the Bangalore Classic. Hmm. The so, uh, 160. The 160K, yeah. Uh, July. Yeah. 16th. Yeah. Hoping to get a much better result this time than last time. Last time, I think I came 12th. Hmm. But that was, that was on the tri-band, the broken spokes and all that stuff. Uh, Still came 12th, yeah. Hmm. I think it's a decent result. But a lot lot more progress to me. I am sure you will do much better uh, with uh, your new bike and everything. Uh, and more than the bike and the equipment, the experience, the experience that yeah. you have gained with it, right? So all the very best. And um, yeah, probably catch up with you uh, on the podcast uh, in the future as well. Thank you. Thank you, Anki. Honor to be here. <laughs> and yeah, have a good day, everyone. <laughs> if you made it this far, Salute. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. That was my conversation with John K. Sunny. I hope you enjoyed that. If you are enjoying this podcast and finding them useful, please consider supporting the podcast by subscribing to it on YouTube as well as on your favorite podcasting app. Supporting the sponsors of the podcast is also a great way to support the podcast itself. This episode is brought to you by findbetter.ai and thebikeaffair.com. Thanks again for your continuous support. See you next week with another guest.